And I, yeah, I want to say we're live. <laughs> I, I really hope we're live. Let me double check here. Good morning, Sabaha, everybody. Um, for everybody joining in, I see Adam. Adam's in the, in the live chat. Welcome. Good morning, Sabaho. And yes, <laughs> we are live. I'm actually trying this uh, in a in a little bit of a different scenario today. Uh, we are. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of good things going on. And um, first and foremost, uh, one thing that I definitely are, I am actually kind of sad about this week, and I just real quick, need to turn off uh, the volume on uh, on my watching my live stream, just to make sure that I have, uh, you know, good uh, feedback on it. Um, The Xperia 1 Mark II, uh, or the Xperia 1 II is, uh, was returned. It, I, you know, my time with it, it unfortunately kind of came to an end. Um, Sony had uh, a certain amount of time available for different reviewers and so on. And I, I was lucky enough to be part of wave one. So that gave me the ability of actually, uh, you know, getting access to it a little bit early. Um, I see, uh, hey, good morning, Salam. Um, I see a lot of new faces in here. Uh, hey, good morning, Sabaho. Also, hope, uh, yes, uh, thank you. Um, uh, Meranglot, uh, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. I want to say thank you, uh, Salam, and yes, uh, thank you. The family is doing well, and um, this week has been a crazy week. This week has been it has been a very uh, awakening week, and a lot of things going on. Um, hey, good morning, Vikets, uh, <laughs> my friend. Uh, we have uh, somebody from Germany as well. Stay safe. Thank you, Boris. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Interested to see your account. I we see it every week. Uh, but yes, thank you very much for joining, and I appreciate you also following on Instagram and uh, on on Twitter. Um, so yeah, so I had a question here coming in real quick. Let's go ahead, and I guess it'll be a good time for us to kind of uh, t- touch on this. Uh, Terrence, good morning. Uh, hey, Terrence, and uh, hey, love. It. Well, gay okay. Dinesh, uh, thank you. Um, so. A um, for question here is: Will you be making a full review of the Xperia One II or the Xperia One Mark II? My time with the Xperia 1 Mark II has ended. I have enough information and footage of it to be able to put out my review. And unfortunately, I don't have to, I didn't I did not put it out this week, mostly because of uh, how things have been going on. And I just haven't had enough time to basically put my thoughts together as far as how do I want to basically frame it, especially since I don't have the device anymore. Um, my hope essentially is to, to post that hopefully by next week, mid next week, by Wednesday. And I generally call those reviews uh, the things that I like and the things that I did not like. I don't try to do a deep dive into the entire uh, cover, every single piece of it, but I do cover all the main important por- uh, parts of it that I, in my opinion, feel um, that I feel like actually something that you would want to consider if you're looking into this device. As you know, there's a question that everybody's posting right now is. Is this device worth twelve hundred bucks? Um, you know, why does it not have five G in the U.S.? Also, are the cameras that good? Is that something that I really should care about? I mean, obviously, and what the experience is um, over what we had last year with the Xperia One, and then of course, last but not least, obviously, is that ninety hertz, or I think I would say basically the upscaling that they had on the sixty frames per second, and is it truly a ninety hertz refresh rate on a four K panel, no less? So. My hope in that video is to answer all of those questions. I would say right now, if there's any kind of a sneak peek that I can actually even remotely touch on, I would say is that the Xperia 1 Mark II or the Xperia 1 II, whichever way we want to call it, um, is a go. I definitely would recommend it to anybody considering getting um, a device that offers you a very good combination of, of, of things. 
because there's no perfect device out there. I'm not going to say that there exists in the perfect device, because even if I do make one device and I make it with all the things that I thought was perfect, believe it or not, there will be somebody out there that'll say, like, no, I didn't really think that was worth it. You should have done it there. So I think the perfect device is a more of a subjective kind of an opinion. Uh, but the in my it, if I looked at the Xperia II or the Xperia 1 Mark II, um, it, with a more of a purist look of what it's offering us, um, the camera experience on this, with when I'm talking about the camera, I'm talking about the triple 12 megapixel cameras on the back. That experience there is so far ahead of anything right now available on the market in the way that it allows us to interface with them and control them that you have to really give it thought that basically see what Sony did with the Xperia 1 Mark II. They listened to what the users want. They gave us all the features. They didn't try to go with the 108 megapixel sensor to try to basically, you know, say, oh, look, we have the 108 or 64 or 48. They went with bigger pixels on a 12 megapixel sensor, give us the control of manual functionalities the way we have it on Xperia Alpha devices. And all of that is in a smartphone, basically, form factor. And it works very good. So... Um, but it also, you know, kind of like on the flip side, if we have to kind of say, well, what do I don't like about the cameras on the Xperia 1 Mark II? Well, the front-facing camera is something that I'm not necessarily too fond of. Uh, it's okay for for maybe a quick selfie once in a while, but for content creators such as myself, it's not something that I can use. I cannot say that if you are a vlogger, go buy this. Uh, if you are somebody that wants to basically go out and take a, a quick, uh, you know, video and live stream and so on, I think this it may work okay for you. Um, I feel like some of the functionalities built in for audio or external audio built into the Xperia One Mark II are limited to the Xperia, well, the Cinema Pro camera application. So those are the things that we will be discussing in the uh, in that review that I'm going to post for you guys next week. So yes, uh, there will be a review uh, from my version of a review. Uh, I, my reviews have always been uh, the things that I liked and the things that I did not like because I want to also talk about the positive and what could potentially be fixed with future reviews, uh, future comments. So with that being said, um, I am going to move this screen back here mostly because I feel like I, I kind of moved you guys to a, a bigger display that I have on the right side, but it kind of makes me, every time I look at the, the display, I'm looking away from the frame. Uh, but yeah, let's let's see who's in the, who's in the chat. Um, thank you, Janesh. Hey, uh, Max Mead. Hey, <laughs> Sabaho. Uh, hey, uh, Brian Danley. Uh, hey, good, good afternoon. I think you guys are eight hours ahead of me, so it, it's late in the afternoon for you. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and hey, wow, we're starting off with a super chat. Let's go ahead and bring it up real quick. So, um, hello, Josh. Um, Sibok. Sorry, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Thank you very much for the uh, for the super chat. So with that comes with a question. So the Xperia One Mark II, the Xperia One II, good enough for uh, good enough for versatility, street photography as a compact substitute. Are the cameras that much more versatile than traditional approach? So the cameras that we have here, we're focusing mostly on, or at least we're talking mostly about the cameras on the back. So we always, whenever we refer to the Xperia, at least the way I refer to it, is always the main sensors on the back. Um, the experience from the Mark One, from from one, Mark One to Mark Two, was so different that they almost look like, from the camera set perspective, they don't even look like they're very much related. Other than the fact that we have a triple twelve megapixel sensor setup, uh, the focal length was different. So now we have more of the standard focal length, so the twenty four, the sixteen, and the seventy millimeter, with the ability of going between them. So your your focal length goes all the way from sixteen to to two hundred, because the seventy millimeter gives you the ability of actually going all the way to two hundred millimeter. Uh, basically perspective. So 
the flexibility that you get that with the Camera Pro application that you have here is something that we can't get with any other uh, device. The, the control that we have here is very much inspired by the Alpha team, the Sony Alpha camera team experience brought into the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, the best way to describe it is if you've ever used, let's say, an RX7100 or used basically a smaller, um, you know, alpha like the A7 III or sorts, you'll have a very much a familiar experience here. And that's the level of control that you're getting there. And from a street photography point of reference, when you have the ability of setting up your camera, sitting there and getting an, and composing your shot, I feel like those are the controls that we just don't get. Even with pro modes that we see with other camera apps, their intention essentially is to give you a few options to configure. I mean, with the exception of LG, I feel like LG did a little bit more to give us more functions within the camera application. But I also feel like Sony did that and decided to say, look, we're not going to combine everything together. We're going to give it to you specifically. If you're going to shoot video, <clears throat> Sorry about that. If you're going to be shooting video, if you're going to be obviously doing photography, we're going to give you two different applications, pretty much the same way you have it on an alpha camera. When you're in video, you're not clicking a button to switch over to, uh, to, to the photo. You're actually switching the dial on the camera. So in this situation, you switch an app. And in the app, you're able to jump between the different modes. And of course, 4K 60 frames per second on the back sensors with HDR. So. Uh, personally, I think it's worth it. I think from a from a presence in the in the mobile device and the mobile space, they did so many things right. Um, now, is there a few? Is, would there be a few things there that I wish they could have done? They could have done more in the actual device. Absolutely, there's always going to be the wish list of things that I wish they could have done. But from what they offer us in 2020, I feel like they are a force to be reckoned with. I am very sad that it is not available to actually be purchased till, or at least be shipping out till July of 2020. So basically, almost the second part of the year, they didn't even actually get a chance to release it like they did last year. So, but that could be also because of the current situation. So, to answer your question. I think the approach to photography, street photography, and the control level that we have here is very much a Sony Alpha experience. And if you love Sony Alpha cameras, there's no question that the uh, the Xperion 1 Mark II is a great device to check out. Again, very much. Uh, I am extremely happy, and I was very, very sad to have to put that back in a box and ship it back to Sony. Um, I extended it from last week. If they wanted it last Friday, and I was able to ship it back to them on Tuesday due to some concerns here in the area. Um, Oh man, Jack. Okay, so it's six six forty p.m. It's almost seven p.m. in the UK. So hey, good good evening then. <laughs> good evening. Hope you guys are uh, doing well. Uh, hey, uh, Ram, como está acá? From the Philippines. Uh, I do apologize. I <laughs> I know how to say hello in many languages, uh, and there's very few things that I know how to say. Um, so let's work work here. So any ideas if we uh, if you'll be reviewing the Xperia? Ah, okay. So um, Ira. ER 1980, um, I reached out to Sony and I tried to get in touch with them regarding getting access. So in the US, I have access to, to contacting Sony USPR. So I don't have, unfortunately have access to the U uh, UK or European uh, team. Um, unfortunately, they don't have a way of getting me the Xperia 10 uh, 2. So that one is more of a mid-range version of what we saw with the Xperia 1. And um, I think it's running the 600 series chipset. So for me at this point, it's going to end up having to be me actually purchasing it and having it imported into the US. That would be the only way for me to cover it, uh, mostly because of the availability in the US. It's not going to be sold in the US. I think it's a European market specific device. So um, I'll have to see if there's ways of basically uh, doing that. I'll, I'll talk to my buddy, Matt, and see maybe there's uh, some way for us to kind of make it 
for me to be able to get it here um, and check it out and see how we can do it. Um, and also, I'll see if maybe uh, Juan Carlos will uh, would want to be able to check it out. So that could be some kind of little project between Juan Carlos and myself. Again, the Xperia 10 is not intended to come to the US, but the Xperia 1 uh, is definitely going to. And keep in mind that at some point at the end of the year, if, if, if history repeats itself, we also should be looking at the Xperia 5 Mark II, which could be the basically successor to the Xperia 5 that we saw last year with some of the benefits of this camera, meaning the camera optics, all the main sensor uh, functionalities, the bigger sensors, the camera pro app, cinema pro app, all of those things in a slightly smaller form factor with a 1080p panel over as opposed to 4K with a more affordable price. I'm also looking forward to that one as well. Um, let's see real quick here. Okay, so question here, uh, Monkey, Monkey Boy is asking, uh, I need to know if the 5G works or not. So, um, and I'm hoping that you're still talking about the Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, in the US, the Xperia 1 Mark II will not support US, bay, uh, US 5G bands. So there is no 5G, yes, it won't work. Even if you import the European model, the UK or the European model that does state 5G on the box, which just as a side note, the device that I had, I actually had a European model via uh, uh, Xperia 1 Mark II. Mine was a retail unit or at least almost retail unit experience of the Xperia 1 Mark II. And that one did have 5G in Europe, but not supported in the US. For me, I tested it out on AT&T as well as on T-Mobile. I got pretty good dis connection speeds up to like 111 megabits down and about maybe 30 or so up. But those are again, 4G LTE. And right now in the US with this current state of 5G, 5G speeds and LTE speeds, 4G LTE speeds can actually overlap depending on the market that you're in. So to can to, to for a straight much uh, pretty much straight answer to your question there, uh, no, it does not have any um, uh, sadly any any 5G in the U.S. and I don't think it's going to. Now, last week when Juan Carlos was on the show, we talked about a little bit about the Xperia Pro. Keep in mind, there's that other device that's coming out from Sony. They, they kind of talked about two in February. There's the Xperia 1 Mark II and then the Xperia Pro. The Xperia Pro was supposed to have millimeter wave support for 5G. And what it sounded like is that that device will be probably supporting 5G. Unfortunately, uh, it's not going to be supporting all of the bands of 5G, meaning on all the carriers. It'll probably be specific to Verizon. So will there be a, a Sony 5G device? Yes, it's probably going to be the Xperia, uh, well, the Xperia Pro. Now, that doesn't really say that much as far as what's going to happen with the Xperia 5 Mark II or the successor of the Xperia 5. That could have 5G by the end of the year by the time it actually be coming to the market. So we'll have to see how that one comes in. Um, so, oh, uh, Night X0, good question. 5G or not? Yeah, no, no 5G on this model in the US. In Europe, yes, there is 5G support in Europe. Um, so the UK and the European model of the Xperia 1, 5, uh, Xperia 1 Mark II will support 5G. And of course, in native Japan, obviously, they're going to be there uh, supporting their own bands. Uh, the one thing I did actually kind of found out later on that was a little bit bummed about it as well, it's the color availability of the Xperia 1 Mark II, which seems like it's basically region-based. So at least in the US currently, you can only pre-order the black model. And depending on where you go, you're able to pick up one with and without the pair of headphones. And I'm talking about the Sony pair of two, you know, a, um, true wireless uh, can, um, headphones with uh, active noise cancellation uh, that are free. If you purchased or if you pre-order, it would be an H. Um, and if you go with Amazon, Amazon apparently is not doing that right now. So I did reach out to Sony trying to find out what the difference is in and what other retailers are going to be providing it. So yeah, sadly, no 5G. But I, I, I say this at this point, it, it depends on how 
the functionalities are going to be with 5G in the US. Right now, AT&T and, and T-Mobile are offering a sub-6 type of 5G. Speeds are averaging around 100, maybe to 150, depending on, the, on where you are and how close you are to the tower. But then when we truly think about what 5G can do, T-Mobile will start offering, obviously, much higher speeds now with their acquisition of Sprint. But that's going to take some time. So is that something that we should be worried about? I would say if you're considering getting this device for more... I would say maybe for the next two years plus, then yes, I think that's a very valid concern. It's something to keep in mind. Is it going to be where you cannot use the device or an unusable, basically, you know, there's just going to be uh, no function for this device in a year if you don't have 5G? No, I think 4G LTE is very much a capable uh, technology. It's actually more power efficient in the sense of how much power it consumes out of your device. And the fact that we have a 4K display on a device with a 4,000 million battery, the combination had to be just right. And from what I understand, it's mostly just the fact that um, it, you know, it's something that they decided. I'm not sure exactly from a PR standpoint why, or if it's maybe uh, more technical in, in nature. I, but I could not get a straight, uh, like more of a specific answer from Sony. Um, let's look real quick here. Uh, 70, though, thought it was 50. That's good, though. Okay, so I think somebody's asking a question. I'm not... 640. Okay, sorry. Just jumping through. So here, one quick. So how is the Xperia 1 Mark II battery life compared to the Snapdragon S20 Ultra display? Oh, the screen on time, hash on screen on time. Okay, so first things first, things first I'd like to answer that question very in, in more of a perspective uh, reference. Um, the Xperia 1 Mark II and the Sony, oh, sorry, uh, the S20 Ultra and the, Mar and the Mark II are uh, slightly different, obviously. The S20 Ultra has a 5,000 milliamp battery, obviously a 1,000 more, obviously a much bigger battery than what we have on the Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, it also does not have a 4K display. It's running a 1080, uh, basically a 120 hertz QHD display, one or the other, so you don't get both. So either 120 hertz or a QHD at 60. So if you compare that functionality, we're talking about a QHD 60 as opposed to a 4K 60 uh, display. So they're a little bit different in the power consumption. In my usage on a daily basis, uh, the Xperia 1 Mark II lasted me the entire day. I did not have any problem. And I'm talking about it after the honeymoon phase was over. So after I've had it for about a week and I was basically literally on that device every single minute of the day kind of a thing. Um, it lasted about a day for me. I was able to about four and a, get about four and a half hours worth of screen on time with about 15% left on the battery at the end. So I started about 6 a.m. in the morning and I ended about nine, almost 10 o'clock at night. Um, screen on time is not the best, but I felt like it was good enough for what I was trying to do with it. So I watched the movie there. I was using the camera. I was uh, obviously listening, you know, checking out my social media, setting up a whole bunch of the different things. And I felt like the, the usage for it was okay. Uh, can it be better? Probably if I didn't watch as, as many movies and I wasn't running the 4K panel. So that's the other thing is uh, the display on the on the Mark II is uh, adaptive. So it changes the resolution based on what you're doing. If you're in the UI and you're watching Twitter, it's not going to basically push the device to be at 4K. So when you're watching movies and you do want to watch 4K content, you're definitely going to exert a little bit more energy out of it. Um, so I think it was okay considering uh, what I used now. Is it going to be a champ when it comes to the battery? Uh, I don't think it will be. I mean, last year we went from 3,300 to about 4,000. I think it's a great jump, but I feel like 5,000 would have been the right number. I think if they would have compromised a little bit on the thickness, give us a little bit bigger battery, I felt like that would have been uh, obviously, especially with the fact that they gave us more tools that would uh, basically make us spend more time with the device. So I felt like this is something to keep in mind. Uh, but I didn't have any problem basically charging it up. That was the other thing. Charging on this was actually much easier than the first gen. So 
keep that in mind in the experience of what you're getting there. You have wireless charging, wire charging at 18 watts, up to 21 watts, depending if you're able to have a different charger with it. The provided one in the box is 18, but it will charge up to 21 with with, a, with any other power delivery charging uh, adapting a break. So I think the battery life was uh, pretty good. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's better. I feel like the S20 Ultra definitely has more stamina to last longer, but that's, again, on the combination of the, the, the configuration that you're doing. If you run it at QHD with 60, you're probably going to be getting, obviously, about over a day worth of usage. Uh, but I also feel like the UI on the S20 Ultra is a lot heavier in the sense of what it does in the background as opposed to where Sony's more simplistic UI. So there's a lot of different factors into it. And uh, also depends on how much you like the game. You know, those are those are things that you want to keep in mind as uh, to the experience. Uh, and again, 4K versus QHD. Uh, com combination of the things you're able to get there. Uh, let's see. Hey, David Burns. Welcome. Aditya. I think I just saw Aditya. Neil. Yeah. Hey, Aditya. Uh, yeah. Gary, Gary, the fireman, believe me, uh, if my brain could, could handle that, I would have just so tried. Yes. Um, a lot of things have been going on this week. A lot of, lot of things going on. And my hope today, at least in this hour, is for us to kind of take a little quick break and just kind of hang out and, and see how things are going. Um, I do want to mention something. Uh, let me just jump real quick here. I see, uh, yeah, Gary's in the live chat. Hey, Gary, uh, Matt, welcome back, my friend. Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, um, sorry about that. Yeah, if you see him, if you notice me that I haven't answered the question yet, I will go back and start scrolling through. Um, so just to kind of to Matt's point, please, uh, let's not try to spam the, the chat room so that, because what ends up happening is it pushes other people's conversations or questions, and I don't have a chance to get to those. Uh, but welcome, Aditya, everybody. Uh, uh, welcome, welcome. So, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. Let me see here. Okay, so let me jump back real quick and see if I can find. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, okay. So, by the way, uh, I don't know if you guys, you probably can't see it here, uh, but actually I'm logged into the actual live stream over mobile, uh, mobile data here with this microphone. So I want to kind of show you guys also how it looks uh, when you're using it mobile, if you want to use an external microphone with, uh, which is kind of similar to at least the way uh, Juan Carlos did it last week. So let's, let's do this real quick here. Let me, uh, yeah, of course. Let me, yeah, of course. Let me, yeah, of course. Let me, yeah, of course. Okay, we're gonna have to lower that volume here. Uh, oops, and of course, I jumped out of the the actual chat. Sorry, one last time. Love it. I love it when you when you try to do something, and I realize I'm actually going into the spinning. So here we are. Enter the studio. Okay, we're in. So hopefully this time this is not gonna crap me out. Oh, yeah, that's right. I actually should add myself into the stream. So, so I'll add, and I am here. Okay, okay so, so this is actually kind of a quick example. I think the audio is working fine. Um, let me know, obviously, if you guys can hear me. Um, the main thing here that's going on is, obviously, I'm using the... Uh, this is the S20 Ultra. I jumped in and I'm using, I jumped into the actual conversation using the S20 Ultra. I'm also using that uh, Serum, the, sorry, the Comica external microphone that I did a video on. It's a USB-C microphone that plugs into your device. And as long as your device supports it, you're able to use it as an external device. I'm not sure 100% if, um, I, I'm hoping that the stream is, is working, uh, mostly because I'm looking at the actual, here, let me see if we can scroll through. Sorry about that. And... Hey. <laughs> 
Oh, it was good. Good. Okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys can see it. So, uh, the the beautiful thing about it is the fact that it's mobile. It's easy to use. It's a directional microphone. It's great in the sense of what you're able to do. Also, has a headphone jack to be able to actually listen to your own audio, so you can actually monitor the audio. And last but not least, let's say for some reason you want to cut the audio out, and you're gonna obviously hear this. So I'm click it. You can actually see that the audio goes away. Uh, now, I'm hoping that you guys can't hear me on the other microphone, but there's obviously two microphones going on. So short answer is this is going to be the best situation to be able to do it mobile. And the green light is back. So audio should have cut out and come back. And it works really, really nice. So I like it. It works really good. And again, it works really nice with the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, uh, sorry, not the Mark II, but let's go ahead and jump back here. So you can kind of see right there, this is kind of like the, the point of view of watching it twice. Let's go ahead and put this. And here we are, two different devices, <laughs> TK inception into his own live stream. So it is actually a nice functional way. So let's go ahead and we'll leave that one here. And let me just double check here. I want to say that the live stream is still going, but I am not 100% sure, uh, mostly because my smartphone or my other device that was on the stream is uh, doing the loop, so we'll have we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's go real quick. Uh, so here we are. So Matt had a quick question. I, I slipped again. Uh, done a second time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for the super chat, Matt. I, I really really appreciate it. And I hope things are working out, uh, or at least I hope things are better for you this week. Um, I realize you guys didn't have a chance to do your live stream last week, and I was really bummed. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys tomorrow. And if you guys haven't had a chance to, for everybody else on the stream. Uh, Matt, uh, Matt and Sam has uh, generally have a live stream that they go on every Sunday uh, afternoon. So uh, across the pond, I, I think that's the name of the, the. I think that's the official name, right, Matt? Uh, across the pond live stream. Um, Sony Xperia. So here, um, Manchu is asking Sony Xperia Mark II. Oh, Xperia 10 Mark II unboxing. I am working on that part right now. Uh, I need to import that over. So. I'm going to talk to Matt, which is in the live chat. So Matt, I'll talk to you a little bit later on, see if uh, we're able to get this. Uh, I want to be able to basically import the Xperia 1 Mark II uh, from you from Europe. And I think it's sold in the UK. So if, uh, if we could talk maybe after the show and then see if I can get that one over. I've had a lot of requests for people wanting to see more information about the Xperia 10 uh, Mark II. So that'll be a good device to be able to check out since it's going to be a little bit more affordable in the price point and of course, offering us some of the new updates from Sony. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for uh, posting the question. Sorry, didn't get to it before. And as usual, as usual, <laughs> uh, one love from uh, Gary the Fireman. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. Peace to everybody. And uh, be safe, be respectful, and of course, appreciate everyone uh, and for everything that they're able to provide and for who they are. It's always going to be the best way to look at things in life. And one love is always going to be the best way to uh, treat life. Just treat life the way you feel. You know, um, you know, if you if you show love to people, you'll get the love back. That's generally the way it is. You know, do unto others as you want others to do for you, um, because that's how life is. It, we have to spread the joy to get the joy back, and that's one of the reasons why this group and this entire you know ecosystem, I would say, or even um, you know friends and and you know chat and the, you know the, some gadget guy ecosystem, I would like to call it, uh, is so good. And it is very, very nice. I appreciate that very much, Gary. Uh, and welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, across, yeah. Oh, David is across. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, across the pond cast. My mistake. I think my version was across the pond 
podcast. It's two separate words. So you guys combined it. So yeah, it's tomorrow afternoon. It's going to be the Across the Pond cast with Sam and Matt. And let me know if you guys are also, uh, if you have any any uh, any guests this week. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Nope. Across the Pond cast. Yeah. I love it. I, it it's a perfect uh, thing. It's a perfect uh, system. Uh, and they're definitely very chill, very kickback experience when it comes to that. Um, do you still have the experience? Yes. Um, I always like to be able to pull things up, but yes, I, I still have my Xperia 5. Uh, the Xperia 5, and I also have the Xperia 1. So I have the first version of the Xperia 1, the 2019. So basically both of the Sony US the devices. The Xperia 5 I've had since last year, and the Xperia 1 I just recently uh, got back. So Overall, I feel like I have what they offered us, the best that they offered us in 2019, and I feel like the Xperia 5 is a very good uh, smaller form factor, better fingerprint sensor out of the box. I have Android 10.0, uh, great camera optics, but uh, it doesn't really have the same sensors as we have them here. It's uh, still, I would say, basically an Xperia 1 in a smaller form factor, a cheaper price, as well as a 1080p panel. So that's the best way to describe it, but I do have that, yes. Um, so I have the Xperia 1. Is the fingerprint scanner good on the Mark II? A lot better, yes. Uh, there is. A, I felt like with the Xperia 1, with Android 9.0, we had a lot of problems, and I think it was a known issue for a lot of users. It got a lot better when Android 10.0 was rolled out to it, so I'm hoping you're running on this. Suxtaj, um, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Um, if you don't, and if you do, obviously that'll fix 90% of your concerns, but the Xperia 1 Mark II had a much better fingerprint sensor. Uh, I would say closer to the way the experience was on the Xperia 5. So much, much better, and you won't be disappointed at all. So that one's really good. Um, I don't want to make anyone annoyed, so if anyone can answer... Oh, sorry. Vikash, uh, let me see if I can find your question here. Um, will he still pick up the question and he's left above because let's see real quick. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And Adam, oh yeah, sorry. Vikash, Vikash, where are you? Da, da, da. I apologize for the uh, for the scrolling here. I wish there was a way to search. That would that would help me a lot. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, here it is. Okay, maybe not that one. Uh, oh, here we are. I think this is the question. Okay, do you recommend spending that much money on an Xperia 1 Mark II? Is it is it really that big? Uh, can it compete with the Pixel and the iPhone 11 Pro cameras? So... Let's talk... Let's, okay, so first and foremost, I think the $1,200 is a... If you think about the price point in the sense of what you're getting from Sony, I think Sony holds themselves to a, a standard, obviously. They provide things to a certain level, and they don't try to dip below that. Um, they have a very much um, direct approach into if they're going to offer something, they're going to offer it at the best possible way, and they generally try to strive for that. So the $1,200 price point, obviously, is an increase from last year. Uh, part of it could be attributed to the fact that we have, obviously, the newer SOC, the 865, um, and the fact that we also have, basically, you know, more internal storage. We're looking at the 256 over the 128. Last year, the one that was selling for $1,000 was 128 gigs of internal storage. So it factored the double storage in there. Um, factor the, uh, the basically the new sensors, the time of flight sensor that we have in the camera setup back there, wireless charging, uh, the front facing stereo speakers. There was some, some hardware changes, so I can definitely see how they were able to connect the last year to this year's price point. So that's that part part of the question there. Uh, is it worth twelve hundred bucks? I feel like personally, 
for what they're offering and after having been using it for for about a couple of weeks i feel like it's a, definitely a worth it from us from what you're looking at other devices in the market they're not trying to basically say that this is a device that will basically make you leave an iphone iphone obviously has an ecosystem built around it if you are into the Apple ecosystem or the iOS ecosystem, you're not going to leave it for a Sony. If you're in the Android so, uh, ecosystem and you really want a great camera, I think Pixel offers a great still photography experience. I feel like what you get with the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II right now is a much better video slash picture quality image. Uh, on the back sensors, I'm not talking about the front-facing sensors because what Sony's trying to do here, which is also similar to the way Apple does it, um, is they're trying to give you the, um, I guess they're trying to do all the heavy lifting on the lens on the lenses. So they're using bigger sensors. Uh, they're also uh, well, uh, basically bigger pixels on the 12 megapixel sensor to give you basically the experience that you get from a DSLR where most of the work is done on the lenses, where the focusing, the clarity of the image, very little is done on the, on the, on the actual device for post-processing, which is where Google strives and benefits the most. And that's why we get so many great pictures out of, let's say, a Pixel 3a. It's a post-processing that you're looking into. So those are the things you want to keep in mind. Um, I don't think we really would want to say that the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II can beat the X11 Pro Max. I feel like a person, again, that if they like the way the images come out of the 11 Pro Max with the auto mode, I would say into more, more of an automatic mode, I don't think this is going to be the device for you. I think you should probably stick with an iPhone 11 Pro Max because that's the, the type of experience that you're looking for from your camera. The Mark II is providing you a more of an SLR, prosumer type of an experience on a smartphone. That's the experience that you will benefit from and enjoy if you're looking to get that from your smartphone. So that's why I never want to make a comparison and say, this is better than. Well, depends on how you like using. If you want to use an SLR experience on a smartphone, the Mark II is your device. If you want to be more into the auto mode and just basically being able to point and shoot and very little control over pro mode experience, I feel like the 11 Pro Max does a good job. I also feel like the uh, what we get with the uh, Pixel 4 uh, right now is really good in that sense. But again, that's the experience you're looking for. Um, also keep in mind, the Pixel 4 does not have a wide-angle lens where we do have that here. Uh, we have 4K 60 frames per second on the Xperia One Mark II where we don't have that on the Pixel 4. Yes, we have that on the 11 Pro Max. So the conversation kind of just, it depends on what you're looking for, uh, Bikash. But uh, to answer the question, it's a great camera. I think if you're a true Sony fan in the sense of understanding what Sony provides and the level of quality that you get from Sony, you would appreciate the price point. And I feel like the price point increase also has to have a few things that we need to also discuss. Again, there's the additional storage, the, uh, the different type of sensors that they're using, the front-facing speakers, the wireless charging, the bigger battery. There's a, a lot of things that they did from last year. And of course, the aesthetical design on the device that they, they're bringing in. Um, it's definitely something to consider. And uh, if you're able to pick it up with the pre-order, having a, a nice pair of headphones that are roughly, uh, I think, with the, depending on which, in the, in the U.S., they're about 230 bucks, will sweeten the spot. It will make it a little bit easier for you. We'll, we'll, we'll sweeten the pot there. Um, so no 5G in North America on the Xperia. Yes. Definitely. There sadly no no support, even, even if you import one that does say 5G. And we know that it has the X55 modem because of the Snapdragon 865, but it isn't turned on. Could they turn it on in the future? That's a possibility as long as the antennas are there and it is supported in the, in the current configuration, at least for the sub-6. I'm not thinking millimeter wave technology because those generally need different types of antennas. So um, could that happen? 
possibly. I haven't had that much time to spend into try to look at some of the um, you know other development that's going on with the Xperia One Mark II, as the device hasn't been available for a lot of developers to get their hands on. So that's the other thing we want to keep in mind. It's very early. Uh, device won't come out till end of mid to late July, depending on the market that you're in. So a little bit hard to kind of uh, gauge that as well. Uh, Aditya, the camera is a baller, needs manual mode control, of course. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but it, uh, it is matched only by LG's level of control. Absolutely. Matt, you're, you're, you're hitting it right on the nail. Um, and of course, none of that social media unicorn of color. <laughs> we're, we're quoting, uh, Juan Carlos, even though he's not here. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think if, if there's one thing that I truly, truly love on the, uh, on the LG V60 over the the Xperia One Mark II, uh, that would actually be the DAC, the audio, audio, the audio uh, performance on the headphone jack. Sorry, also kind of the comment with the why is it price point a little bit higher. We brought back a dedicated DAC for a headphone jack on a device that didn't even have it last year. So keep that in mind. A lot of, a lot of things that you really would appreciate once you use the device for some time. Uh, the thing that I also want to mention to you guys, uh, as far as just the performance of what we're getting here, uh, it's, it's the fact that the audio performance here is Absolutely, uh, it, it's great from the sense that we have a, a headphone jack. Two, we have a dedicated DAC for the headphone jack. I feel like the amp on that is not as strong as we have it on the V60, and that's probably why I feel like the V60 wins there. Um, V60 video control within the default camera application is very much uh, next level uh, functions. Where Sony decided to separate that, and I feel like where it con could confuse somebody by like, why do I have three applications to take videos and pictures? Why does that? Why is that needed? Well, it's because it's a mode. It's really literally a mode like on a camera. When you're in auto mode, you're in auto mode. When you're in basically you know, uh, priority shutter mode or shutter mode priority um, or manual mode, you're switching the dials on a camera to switch into the different modes. And Sony is giving you that same level of control in a, in the sense of apps. Um, unfortunately, there's no auto sh uh, switching. There's no dial on the top since we have an IP67 and IP68 rating, but it definitely really, really nice. Um, Snyder, welcome. Welcome from India. I, uh, I, I want to say it's late in the evening in India. I hope you're doing well. Sorry, gotta gotta plug in the uh, Dragon Ball. Uh, well, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball, TK Dragon Ball. Really should do a live stream one day on on purely Dragon Ball stuff. I feel like we could definitely spend good times with that. Um, uh, Shuk uh, uh, Currently, I'm living in the UK. Next year, I'll be moving to Canada. Does the Xperia sell? So does Sony sell the Xperia uh, there? Uh, and if it, uh, if I don't buy it from the UK, and will it be worth? Uh, will it be? Will it work there? Uh, first things first. If you buy the device in the U in Europe or in the US, uh, it'll work 4G in 4G technology all across. So there's not going to be an issue. The only limitation I would say always if you buy the Japanese model of a device, Sony for some reason uh, will release their devices in Japan. Obviously, home ter home turf territory advantage, of course. But for some reason, uh, their coding and the way they're high, and they do this also on their camera design uh, setup, where the languages can't be switched, and there's usually a compatibility thing. So I would recommend if you're going to pick it up, pick it up either from the US, and I think Canada should be covered in the same boat, or actually pick it up from the UK or Europe, you should be fine. The 5G will be, I think, the most difference that you're going to notice there. I don't know, and I haven't heard anybody actually from a review standpoint that has tested it uh, with 5G in Europe, sorry, not in Europe, um, in Canada, I do know that in Europe, they do uh, have units and they, they were able to test it out with 5G. But that's, again, the European model. Uh, but 
Either way, you pick up the US variant or you pick up the uh, either the Canadian, UK, or even the European model. I think it'll work fine. Uh, but just keep in mind, I think the best at that point will probably be 4G LTE um, on that one as well. Uh, so Jonathan Gao, um, considering the aperture is uh, the aperture is constant on the phone, how exactly does the S mode and the M mode uh, differ from Photo Pro? Oh, um, I think it's more of the control on the basically the uh, the um, the fact that you're not switching cameras. So I think what Jonathan's mentioning here in the comment is uh, when you're going into the actual camera, you're, let's say you select the 24 millimeter in Photo Pro, and you're able to basically change between, let's say, uh, from the 16, it basically goes from 16 to 24, and then the 24 goes from 24 to 70, and then the 70 millimeter goes from 70 all the way to 200 millimeter. So that's the, the, the adjustments there that you're able to do. Uh, the control that you're getting there within the Camera Pro app allows you to basically just control the other mode. So shutter priority will obviously stick the shutter, and you're able to focus on the other aspects and as well as manual mode just opens up everything for you so all the different aspects of control are not lockable and then they also give you a lock option on the bottom right to enable you to basically to set whatever configuration that you have so that your focus your uh, basically uh, either your um, your aperture your uh, iso all of those things are set you lock them and that way that way when you're moving the device or the camera doesn't try to readjust that it try to doesn't try to do auto mode automatically to try to focus it and last but not least, I think you kind of mentioned that at the beginning, it also has an automatic mode that starts it off. So you can either have it total automatic, the way a normal uh, Sony Alpha camera has an auto mode on it. You can go shutter priority or manual mode. And I feel like manual will be much better for low light photography and um, basically, uh, I would say tripod photography, because you're able to basically set it and of course, start working with some of the functions and changing it from basically either, you know, single shot with autofocusing to multiple shot, the 20 second, 20 frames per second uh, shots. Those will always need certain level of control to get the best exposure. You don't want it running at auto mode when you're trying to take all those shots, especially if you're trying to focus and then set up some nice configurations in there. So. It's a level of control that we just don't have with other devices. So that, that would be my, my thing right now. Um, Trev Good, uh, would you recommend the Xperia phone for someone that has never had an Xperia phone? Um, I would recommend it if, well, as, as a general smartphone function, so normal you know, calls, video, um, consuming media, and so on, excluding the camera, Absolutely, there's no question. I think it's um, it's fluid, it's minimalistic in the sense of the UI. Uh, it's fast, it has eight gigs of RAM this year over last year's, uh, you know, I think it was six gigs. Uh, double the storage to 256, expandable storage with it, IP67, IP68, front-facing speakers, uh, 4,000 milliamp battery. There's a lot of things to be set in the actual situation or in the configuration that you get to the Xperia 1 Mark II. Um, if we're talking Mark II specific, the camera just takes it to the next level. Uh, my only my only thing I would say that kind of maybe just step back a little bit is the level of control that you're looking for on your camera. If you enjoy, you know, consuming not consuming, um, taking pictures in more of an automatic mode, meaning you're more you want more of a I want to be able to take out my device, open up the camera, pointing to the pointing to whatever I want to take a picture, tap on it, snap a pic, and move away. I feel like Sony will do a good enough job for you guys with that with the standard camera app. That's where the experience changes here with the Xperia 1 Mark II. It's to get the best experience out of that device, you really need to get comfortable with the Cinema Pro and the Camera Pro app and get to use the device with the physical shutter camera button that we have here. So it really depends on that experience. Are you going to get a great experience from a smartphone? Yes. Uh, is it going to be a great experience on the cameras? Absolutely. Once you get comfortable with it and give, give yourself some time to learn how to use it, 
it's no different than when you pick up a uh, maybe uh, basically like a, a $300, $300, maybe $400 camera, uh, SLR camera or DSLR, and then you decide to suddenly jump over to the $1,000 to $2,000 mark uh, cameras. You're going to see the different levels of control and more uh, improvements in quality as far as video and images. So definitely a great camera. The only downside I would say is that the front-facing camera not exactly focused not not exactly the focus for this device. That's one of the things that they have. It's okay, but it's not going to be the best. Also, the camera, the native camera app does not support external audio. So something like what we were trying to do right now with the, in the earlier with the, the microphone setup, that won't work, sadly. So hopefully that answered that question. Um, because, that's right, uh, work hard and get it yourself. Please. It, it, well, you know, it depends. I'm I'm not sure if you're answering me. Uh, oh, you're answering. Uh, oh, I'm, okay. No, I I understand that part. Um, the rack and focus on the Sony is one of the. Uh, it, it's one thing that has caught my eyes. Otherwise, the V60 fits fits all the other nerd requirements as uh, Aditya's. So Aditya's commenting on the. Um, so one of the features that we had on the on the Xperia One Mark II, and it actually is present also on the Xperia One. If I can. Here, I have the Xperia 1 uh, with me. I'll just go ahead and fire it up. Uh, and that's basically the rack, uh, the, basically the focus pull on this is something that you are, or the rack focus. Uh, you're able to set two different uh, focus points on the camera whenever you're in the Cinema Pro uh, application. And the beautiful part about it is you can actually set it so that you can actually pull focus at, you know, basically as part of the shot, you're able to pull that focus and just get that buttery smooth focusing level on the device right out of the, uh, the camera app. So really one of the best features. But again, you need to jump out of the standard camera app to be able to use that in Cinema Pro, where v, the V60 has that natively built in. Not that function, but all the all the Pro camera functionalities built into the camera app directly that comes in. V60 has one camera app. The the I mean, even the uh, sorry, even the Verse version of uh, you know Sony Xperia One, that one has two camera apps: the Cinema Pro and the standard camera app. So let's go ahead and bring it up here. And I think I have. I'll give it a second to bring up here. So we'll jump over. Not the white balancing. We, oh no, we're going to jump here. Set. I forgot about that one. Focus. And let's go ahead and switch over to the top. Uh, just kind of to show you guys what Adizia is talking about is the ability of setting two different focus points on the camera and pulling focus between from one side to the other. So let's go ahead and do it here. So here is B. So we'll jump over here. If I can actually hit the button. So you can kind of see here, it, it jumps basically focusing from one side to the other. And you're able to set the focus point exactly to where you want and jump between one to the other. It's something that is unique to Sony right now. And it's something that we don't have with any other camera manufacturer uh, or the, the well, camera manufacturer on the market. Uh, but LG definitely a very close second, uh, I would say, there in the experience of what we're getting there. Um, Arsenal, Glasgow, Salam, Tariq. Um, I was wondering if. If okay, so if you use the Sony earphones, the WF uh, 1000M uh, XM3s, I think these are this guy's fit well in ear because my Samsung Galaxy Buds are very comfortable, but uh, oh, comfortable compared to the Icon X uh, 2018. The uh, okay, so Sony includes in the box a few things, they include the standard tips that most everybody uses, and um, for me, I found those to be a little bit loose, similar to that experience. Let me make sure these are. Especially whenever we do things that are close up to the ear, I need to make sure that you guys are not like basically going to be like, dude, what the heck? You could have cleaned those things before we started the show. Uh, but let me see what we can do. So to answer your question, Arsenal, let's go and switch over here. Uh, 
Um, they also do include a silicon tape, uh, tip. This is actually more of a foam experience. It's so definitely much thicker, fits the ear, and it is much easier for me to use. And I use these with the XM3s um, all the time. So for both my earpieces, and I feel like these fit. So in the box, this is included as well as the regular, um, I would say, uh, here we are. So the, the regular tips that are more closely resembling to the way we get them with the uh, basically the Galaxy Buds. And these are the Galaxy Buds Plus. So uh, if I had to kind of compare the audio quality right now between all of the headphones that I have in front of us here, uh, let's just, we'll put the stuff for the uh, Red Magic on the side. Um, the Pixel Buds and the the Pixel Buds 2 and the, uh, the Galaxy Buds are both great. Let me just go ahead and put the comment away just so that we can actually see what's in the picture for everybody else here. So. Audio quality between these two are very, very similar. So audio experience on these is very nice. Differences, battery life on this is much shorter. Uh, these will last you longer. Both have wireless charging. Both have a very small pill-shaped size. And both charge via USB-C. Uh, I feel like the EQ's configuration on the X Galaxy Buds Plus is definitely sounds better. gives you the ability to configure the audio a little bit more, where the Pixel Buds 2 definitely sound great out of the box by themselves. Uh, the fit on these are very, very nice and very small. So comparing sizes real quick, you can see there is basically a, a, a difference in thickness. I mean, this is much smaller. And you can obviously see that attributes to a smaller battery. That's also why the battery lasts, doesn't last as long. For me, for even to this day with these guys in the box, as well as the other two that we have here, so this is the Liberty 2 Pro, this is the Sound Core. They sound great, great battery life, easy, wireless charging, all of the cool things. But none of these guys offer active noise canceling in the way the Sony pairs do. These do a much better job from that point of reference, as well as audio uh, playback with uh, basically the 360 audio supported directly with, let's say, Tidal or Deezer. So those are going to work for you a lot better. The fit is fixable as long as you basically, again, use the same tips that I'm using. These will fit you much better. And they have a little bit more control, and they don't feel as wobbly as the one that actually come in the box. So... Absolutely, I think the XM3s are worth it, uh, and I, I'm happy that they're able to provide these. But it also, I wish they were also give, give us the option of getting the uh, the standard uh, version, the over-the-ear version, because I feel like those were great with the Xperia one, and I did pick those up as well last year, and I've, I've been using them every time I travel. They're actually right there on my desk um, always. So, um, uh, El Jefe reviews. Hey, man, <laughs> I didn't see El Jefe. Man, uh, oh man, hey, good morning, El Jefe. Welcome to the chat, man, Gary. <laughs> oh man, uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, El Jefe is is literally one of the other, I would say, audio sources when it comes to headphones uh, as far as expertise testing it. Um, have, uh, you know, Jeff and I got a chance to hang out uh, for a very short time one evening in San Francisco back in February doing a Samsung Unpacked. And uh, it's been a, a really good friendship since then. Of course, a great friend of the show, as well as Juan Carlos uh, and everybody, as you guys know, uh, appreciates having him in the actual feed. So welcome, El Jefe. And uh, if you're looking for any kind of headphone reviews and so on, I think most of the ones even I'm showing you guys today, he has already covered them. And um, I'm trying also, uh, Jeff, if you're still in the, in, the, in the live stream, I'm trying to see if I'm able to talk to, uh, to uh, Mobvoy about that new Tiquads or the, I forgot the name of them, but they're, they're coming out with their own active noise canceling in ear now, as opposed to just the Apple AirPod style stuff. So really good. Um, 
Does the notification LED um, have multiple colors? No. Uh, Radu, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about the Xperia 1 Mark II. Uh, it only has one color. It's just the yellow, uh, yellowish tint color in a, for notification. I did not install um, the color option. There are apps on the, on the Google Play Store that enable us to configure it. Uh, I didn't think of trying that out at the time. Um, I was mostly happy that we had a notification LED light, as that also seemed to be something that disappears. Um, but if uh, I'll, I'll see if I can actually, uh, I'll ask Juan Carlos and see if he still has his unit, um, because his his timing was also very much roughly around the same as mine. So he may not have his anymore. Um, uh, Sarah, so OnePlus Bullets 2 or the Bullets Z for the OnePlus 7 Pro? Um, if you're able to afford it, I would go with the OnePlus Bullets 2. Much better audio quality and the, and the audio latency was not that much more. That much, sorry, the OnePlus Bullet Zs are not that much more, uh, that much better than the two when it came to the uh, audio latency. So very much a very similar experience. Um, I feel like you'd have a much better audio uh, performance as well as enjoyment out of this for listening to music, watching movies, as well as gaming um, on the OnePlus 7 Pro. Definitely much better choice there. Um, Aditya, Matt Tyler. Oh, okay. I'm unable to pick it up. Oh, pick it up in it. Uh, okay. Okay. I think that was a comment for somebody else, but uh, <laughs> sorry for jumping in. And let me jump here. Uh, okay, so Arsenal, uh, yes. So I think that was what we were talking about before. And then we saw that El Jefe jump in. Hey, guys, uh, here. Uh, does the, the does Wi-Fi calling work on the Xperia 1 Mark II? Uh, for me on T-Mobile, it seemed like it was working fine. I didn't have any problems with it, but uh, on AT&T, it would not activate. So there was no no way of turning it on. I feel like this is something that we're going to probably start seeing more and more as time goes on. Uh, I think the way T-Mobile implements it, it's more closely uh, functioning to the way Android rough, uh, uses it, where AT&T, for some reason, needs special configuration. And I don't think, like when you install a SIM card from in an unlocked device, T-Mobile sends the configuration uh, data over to configure the device. AT&T does not anymore. They used to tell me that I'm not using uh, the correct configuration, but they used to send me the configuration, and that's been changing. Um, I think we've seen that also with OnePlus devices where they you know, recommend you purchasing the OnePlus 8 directly from AT&T as the OnePlus 8 Pro unlocked or 8 uh, unlocked doesn't seem to work as well on AT&T uh, with at least 5G when it comes to their 5G bands. Uh, Vishal Gupta, help me. Uh, okay, uh, let me... <laughs> yes, uh, ta -ta -ta. let me see. Okay, see. Pro zero. Ta -ta -ta. Okay. Question here, uh, Ravi. So TK, the Xperia 1 Mark II uh, US via U, so basically the two different, it uses a hybrid SIM. Um, did you try using the two SIMs? Uh, so for me, I tried fitting in the second SIM and it did not fit. I know it's supposed to basically the hybrid SIM option. The configuration in the device did not support two SIM cards in my uh, on my device. It only had configuration for one SIM. So uh, and, and the box, actually, if I'm not mistaken, only had one IMEI on it. So it didn't really even have an option to use the secondary slot for it to run as a second SIM. It pretty much was a SIM slash SD card, not a SIM SD slash uh, SIM card or SD. Um, I haven't been able to test it out. Uh, now the global website showed that it's a it is a single SIM. So for me, I think that's what it essentially is. It, possibly some people may have said the uh, the... I guess that it was a hybrid SIM or so on, mostly because of depending on what version they're using. Also, uh, depends, on, again, by the time it becomes available on the market, what we have are pre-production units. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's new. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's the retail model. 
all of them are pre-production all of them will basically be be slightly different than what the final market one will be so what i would definitely say is look for what sony is officially announcing because those are going to be what's going to come out in the final retail um, any kind of additional features it has to be built into the operating system if it doesn't support dual sim even if you're physically able to put the sim card in the second part as a hybrid sim the device won't recognize it because either the hardware is not there or even just basically that the system isn't designed to use it so i hopefully that kind of answers your question there ravi um would you please uh, uh right okay uh, would you please comment recommend to sony to talk with netflix and amazon prime to enable 4k videos um so just as a heads up on this the sony xperia one has those functionalities the xperia one mark ii isn't out yet so Yes, in the sense of what you're looking there, um, I, I can say this. There was another bug that I was able to find during the process of my testing with the Xperia 1 Mark II, where so, and you guys will see that in the video next week, where if you um, if you launch a video on Netflix in full screen and you basically go home, so you swipe up to go home, it's supposed to pop up in a pop-up window for us to be able to enjoy the video. Uh, that problem right now is there's a software issue where the video kind of blocks half the video, half the screen, so the longer form, you'll take the top part of the display, and uh, the video keeps playing, but you don't have a way of really interfacing with it. And when you try to swipe home, swipe back home, um, the pop-up window stays at the bottom right, and the video is on. So there's some issues with it. But again, I, I will say this, and I really want you to under uh, keep in mind: none of the devices on the market right now available from reviewers are final. So by the time it becomes available, it will be settled. Uh, you'll be able to do 4K. It, Netflix is one of the apps that automatically turn on creator mode and it is going to be supported and they have been testing it. So you are going to be able to get 4K and obviously be able to enjoy it as again, they did it before and we've seen it with the Xperia one. It's not a question of if it's a question of when. And I think at the time, by the time the device is available on the market, that problem will not be, uh, will not be there. Uh, again, they have some time almost the end of July to release uh, to fix that problem. But I, I am aware of what you're talking about. Most most reviewers right now are have quoted um, that they're able at best to be able to get four, uh, sorry, HD, so 1080p on it and no 4K. Uh, but I do know that I have tested 4K on the Xperia 1 with Prime Video and I know it works. So it, it, from a hardware standpoint, it is a capable. It's a compatibility concern. Um, Okay, so Ayush uh, has a question here. So, hi, I'm currently using the ROG Phone 2. Matt Tyler, your phone is in the <laughs> in the chat. Um, really excited about the Pixel 4a. Are you looking forward to it? And do you think it will have wireless charging? So, from the Pixel, we're talking about the Pixel 4a. Hopefully, that's going to be coming out in the next and then in the month or so, or in the next month actually. I think we're already in June. Um, to my understanding, from the price point that they're trying to offer, I don't think wireless charging will be on the market. I think with the Pixel line of devices, or at least the Pixel 4a or the A series, um, I always feel like those are going to be more of a budget-friendly, uh, much more budget-focused with a great performance. Uh, basically, you know, the 7 series, uh, the 765, obviously, hopefully, will give us a good 5G compatibility here in the U.S., uh, but I think wireless charging at that price point would probably, even if it is done, will not be one of the better ones. I think wire charging will always be better. Uh, since we do support PD on it, it's going to be much better for us. Uh, and I think if they don't include it, it's not a problem. And if they do, it's always going to be a nice bonus. But from what I'm understanding at this point, at least, is that um, there are, this is, it's one of those things that we wish it will be there, but we'll have to see how that works. Uh, but not to forget that the ROG Phone 2, I think it's a boss device to, just to, to, to say a few things. 6,000 milliamp battery, 120 hertz display, 1080p, absolutely. One of the better 
Uh, it is actually still one of my favorite gaming phones today. Uh, one of my best purchases uh, that I've done uh, in 2019 as well. Um, so Johnny, does the Xperia One offer pay options like Samsung Pay at, at the store checkout? Um, they support Google Pay. So yes, they, they support Google Pay, but they don't offer their own proprietary. So Sony doesn't have their own on this device. It's purely just Android Pay, um, and they don't support other uh, applications. So you won't be able to use um, other uh, companies. So pretty much basically Google Pay, uh, and uh, it does have an NFC tag that's present uh, right next to the camera on the left side, similar to the way we've seen it uh, last year. Um, what do you think about the graphene bat uh, battery? Will most of the brands be able to pick up graphene? Um, I think at this point it's more of an experimentation. I think it's it's an option of, of, of giving us better or other technologies available. I think if you see the different manufacturer approach to battery, uh, basically battery life or battery health or even battery types, uh, you know, we see Oppo going in with you know splitting up the battery into two different uh, you know two different smaller batteries and charging them fast. Uh, we see OnePlus trying to basically provide us the fastest charging on these devices uh, with basically trying to keep them as cool as possible. And then we also see what Sony's trying to do with the HS control, the heat suppression function in gaming to give us a longer battery life. So at the end of the day, I think it, we haven't had enough time and uh, enough manufacturers basically adopting one, one technology over the other for us to actually start appreciating one and seeing if it's going to last us more. Uh, but it is definitely something that it is, uh, it's, it's, it's being used. I just wish uh, we had more information to see if it's worth being something to switch over on entirely. Um, Vikash, so I have the P30 Pro, so the Huawei P30 Pro and the 11 Pro. So great cameras, two different manufacturers. You have a Huawei P30 Pro and, of course, the 11 Pro. Um, and I'm assuming that's the uh, 11 Pro from Apple. I'm not sure which 11 Pro you have. Uh, both have great cameras. I love the night mode on the P30 Pro. Do you think that the night mode is basically becoming day mode now nowadays? Any, uh, aren't we losing the, origi uh, the originality? Yeah, so um, I think Huawei still has a lot of technology and a lot of focus done on the night mode functionalities. I say, I think Apple's come a long way in the sense of what they've done in, in night photography to be able to boost the colors, boost the light and increase the ISO levels to get us those sharp images. But I think Huawei still has the king set, set up here. They started it. They started the handheld night mode without needing a tripod. They also started with the handheld, uh, obviously, uh, wide-angle lens, telephoto lens, and standard focal length night mode, as well as in you know night mode and video and so on. There's a lot of things going on, and I feel like Huawei does a lot of good things there. Uh, having it become more of a standard is a good thing for us, but I don't feel like it's done right with depending, you know, having it as an option in your camera doesn't necessarily mean that it's done right. Right now, I feel like the P30 Pro is definitely one of the greatest. The P40 Pro obviously is also, uh, also giving us some great experiences. Uh, I have to say that I am super, super surprised with the way P40 is performing. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get my hands on the P40 Pro. P the P40 Pro Plus. Got to work on those names. Um, in the near future, I'll be able to share some more information for you guys as well. Uh, the F is... <laughs> uh, F? Or is it just for... Uh, I'm thinking you're answering somebody else, Gary. <laughs> yeah, okay, just you. I disregard. Matt, Matt, and Gary just razzing each other. Uh, Pixel's night mode basically turns into daytime. Uh, it's it's too much. I think at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, uh, it's great to be able to take photography at night and be able to basically turn night to day. But is it a usable image? Is it something that you're going to basically share and say, look what I was able to see? I think it's a great um, 
it's a great thing to be able to take an image of. I think low light photography for me is much more appreciated. Uh, I think it's a better way to apply it than it is to try to turn night into day. Um, it's a great trick to show somebody. It's like, look what I can see kind of thing. But at the end of the day, from a sharing kind of an image, uh, taking an image of something in this room, when I turn off the main light, I have a little bit of lighting in there um, or maybe good enough light, but not enough for it to basically highlight the subject. I think those are going to be a little bit more functional. But I still believe, I think, uh, you know, Huawei does a really good job. The P series of devices are very much focused on photography. The P is for photography. So definitely really good. Um, so... Mohammed Reza, uh, he says, how long does it take to charge the Xperia 1 and the Mark II, uh, the Xperia on Mark II with the 18-watt charger? Um, it takes about an hour and, I want to say an hour and 40 minutes or so. That's how long it took me. And it's mostly because of the way the charging is done on the on the battery. It's not that it cannot charge the device fast. It's just that at, at some point, once it reaches over 50%, it slows down quite a bit. So that was the experience you want to keep in mind. Um Sony's very much about battery health. It's trying not to overheat the battery. It's trying to allow it to last longer. So fast charging or basically thinking of it, oh, it needs to be done in 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour. Those are things that are very functional. But I feel like at the end of the day, having more time to charge the battery and have the battery last you longer for the amount of years, one or two years, that will always be more appreciated. So Hamad uh, Reza, hopefully that answers the question. It's not the fastest, but it's definitely the healthiest for the battery and should last you a lot more. Uh, very nice. Um, do you think that the uh, the Pixel 5 will go cheaper uh, to get access to, to other markets? Right now, the way the markets, the, the way Sony, oh, sorry, switching over to the way Pixel or at least Google is going in with it. Um, I feel like the Pixel 5, if the if the rumors are true and the Pixel 5 does not carry a, uh, a flagship processor, meaning we don't see it with the 865, we see it more with the 7 series, or even yet, if we see it with more of a, 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 a first-generation Samsung SoC, I think the price point will be a little bit lower, but it's not going to be at the level where we're going to see that it is at the Pixel 4a or the 3a level of price point. So somewhere around the 700 to 800, you know, kind of price point. Um, and it's mostly because of just the amount of things that they're doing into it. They generally release the Pixel uh, at the time where they're trying to basically prove concept of what the version of Android. So Android 11 will shine on the Pixel 5. That's the pure intention of what the Pixel 5 is going to do. What I would appreciate more with the Pixel 5 if they do bring it in is finally enabling us to use external displays, like enabling the MHL functionality on it so that we can use the Android 11 or Android 10 uh, desktop experience on a, uh, on a Pixel device because currently we cannot, even though it is in there, we have to use other devices that support it to be able to use these type of functionalities. So hopefully the price point will be right. And then of course, hopefully they do provide it with other markets outside of just the U, uh, I think uh, US and Europe which I feel like that's what they generally do in the past. Um, sorry, let me talk, did I jump that one? Please make a video on sorry uh, on, on Sony Wina smartwatch. Okay, I have to look that one up. I haven't been I haven't seen much about it. Uh, it hasn't really we don't have it in the US. I think in the US they haven't really put it out, but I will definitely get a chance to. But if you can give me a link to that, um, um, definitely preferably on Twitter, that would be the best. I'll definitely check that out. I am currently using the Sony, uh, sorry, the Samsung S9 Plus. Um, should I wait for the OnePlus uh, Z or 8 Lite? Um, if you're using the S9 Plus, I think, so first and foremost, my mom has the S9 Plus. Absolutely great device, uh, and Samsung's been upgrading it great. Um, I think if you're looking to upgrade to a device, um, 
personally from a sense of what you're what you're capable of doing there i think the eight would be a better choice for you not even the eight light now if you're trying to stay within the price point of basically seeing obviously the more affordable price point um i think we'll, we probably if you're if you're waiting long enough because the eight was supposed to or the eight light was supposed to be released somewhere around june july uh i would wait to look maybe around uh, the you know when the at comes out and then at that point pick up an eight uh, just a full regular eight uh mostly because of the functions that you get there uh the bigger battery the faster charging uh there are going to be some compromises uh, with the price point that comes with OnePlus. they're not going to give you an eight at the price point of what the lower level of the eight or the the eight z or sorry the eight light or the z are going to be so just keep in mind that some compromises will be done there and i think if you set your sights more towards the eight you'll get a better experience mostly because of the s9 plus you're looking at a much bigger display than what your normal devices are and of course you're looking at great cameras there and a, a fast fingerprint sensor i mean i think the eight answers a lot of those questions until we see the z or the eight light it's hard to answer that question right now sorry hopefully that gave you the answer that you're looking for um, are there any low latency true wireless headphones right now, um, Ariane? Um, right now, the only the lowest ones that I've been able to find Bluetooth wise. So I'm assuming that you're talking, obviously, when you say wireless, you're talking Bluetooth, not necessarily like proprietary adapters and so on. Um, from that sense, the wireless bullet Z is the lowest I've been able to see on any device. There's still some latency. There's no way right now that and I'm saying right now that Bluetooth can compare with a physical wired connection to get that latency factor in there. But the wireless bullet Z were dash gone very close, specifically if you are running fanatic mode on a OnePlus device. It does get a little bit, it, it loses a little bit on the latency, meaning it gains a little more on the latency factor when you switch over to a non OnePlus device. Uh, but I feel like that's always going to be the challenge with Bluetooth or wireless connectivity. Unless you go to proprietary type of connection, which at that point you need a dongle, it's not as functional. I feel like that's the reason why, if we really think about it, gaming phones always include a headphone jack because they know their market. They know that people need low latency or no latency gaming on devices. Even when they're running 144 hertz display, they'll give you a headphone jack because that's going to give you the best gaming experience. So I would recommend you going in that route. If you're able to do so, if you're not, get an adapter and use a wired connection over Bluetooth. Uh, if you're truly dedicated and very much focused on the latency factor there. Uh, yes, no, I appreciate it, Mohamed Reza. Uh, Matt, uh, TK, how's the mic on the Xperia when recording video? Last year wasn't great. Improve, uh, improvements were needed. Um, so in the in the few videos that I've posted from the uh, the Xperia One Mark II, I think if if there was one thing that I noticed, a lot of people commented on, uh, is the fact that the mic performance was great. Uh, on Tuesday, I think was it Tuesday or Monday, I posted that video where we did the comparison audio using the uh, Ceramonic, uh, not the Ceramonic, the Comica microphone, the USB C one. Uh, the actual the audio on them are actually really good. The wind reduction is built in really nice, and um, you can actually kind of turn it on and off. But overall performance from the mics. Very nice. Uh, they do a great job of isolating the subject. Um, I feel like they just don't work as well as a front-facing, you know, basically anything that's a cardioid microphone that's facing you directly. You're always going to feel uh, the performance there that's a lot better. Uh, but definitely by comparison to the Xperia 1, way better, uh, not only just from the way they sound, but also with the wind reduction. They definitely did a much better wind reduction function than they're built in directly into the actual system. Um, Ahmed Wael, um, Galaxy Buds or Pixel Buds uh, for sound quality, which one do you prefer? If we look at them just from the way they sound, I would say they're both the same. There's no question. That I've used them for over a week. They both sound the same. Where they differ 
is the processing that's done on the back end. And I mean by that is the uh, the Galaxy Buds application or uh, Samsung's Galaxy Wear application has a built-in EQ function that enables you to tune the audio experience outside of any native Dolby Atmos or anything like that that's built into your smartphone. So from that sense, you're able to tune the, uh, the Plus Plus a little bit more than you can the Pixel Buds. But when you flip it over on the other end, the Pixel Buds, I've actually been able to wear them for a long amount of time, like three hours straight without feeling that they're in my ear, actually even forgetting that they're there. Um, but all your performance sounds really good. Oh, touch response on the Pixel Buds, I feel like are, is much, much better, much faster uh, response time. Uh, ability of controlling volume on it is also very nice, natively supported. You don't have to turn on an experimental feature to touch the edge of uh, the Pixel Buds. So if I had to put them ne neck and neck and we didn't need to worry too much about audio tuning, I feel like the Pixel Buds for me are a win. Uh, smaller form factor, easier to fit in your ears, and um, I would say easily forgettable in the ears. I mean, oops, easily uh, losable as well. So you're, you're able to lose both of these very, very quickly with that true wireless. But an example would be here. So there is the Pixel Bud. It's in my ear. You can barely hear it. It's, I mean, you can barely see it even sitting there. Um, and then if we just switch over to the Galaxy Buds Plus, again, Sony, uh, Samsung's, you can put it in. And very much same profile, very much easier. And I'm actually listening to music here. Uh, but I feel like they're much bigger and they tend to be a little bit heavier after an extended uh, session. They do have a bigger battery. So that was the other thing I would say. Uh, the Pixel Buds won't last as long as the, uh, you know, the Galaxy Buds. The Galaxy Buds are thicker, but they carry a bigger battery and they have longer playback. So it's it's really more of a, I would say basically a, a mathematical equation of which factor you know is more important to you. Uh, if you're picking up a new pair of headphones and you have a Pixel device, it's going to work great. If uh, there the Oh, that was the other thing. The uh, camera, it's not the camera, the app for the Pixel Buds does not exist on iOS. So if you're thinking of picking them up and using them on an iPhone, they're just going to work standard-wise the way a normal iPhone uh, pair of headphones work. On Android, you're able to use the dedicated app that made it was made by Google. So I'm not sure if that also be, plays a factor for you, but I'm hoping that answers your question there. Uh, sorry if you answered it already. Does the 5G work 100%? Um, so... No, um, it doesn't work 100%. It doesn't work at all in the US. It works in Europe. So European market, yes, 100%. Uh, UK market, European, yes. Uh, US market, no 5G. It does not support 5G. Uh, and I'm hoping that, that you're referring to the question that we had before. Uh, hi. Um, is it two? Uh, oh, okay. I think that's probably asking the same question there. So hopefully that answers it for you. Uh, Vikash Ahmed, well... Um, have not used the Pixel, but okay. So yeah, Vikash is answering the question for you, Ahmed. Hopefully that gives you the answer there as well. Uh, Matt, uh, yeah, no, Matt Tyler, uh, pretty much kind of repeating, yeah, right there. Uh, no 5G in the US version at all for the Xperia 1 Mark II. That's sadly, unfortunately, not an option right now. Uh, it, no idea. I, I don't know. And, I, and I've asked, so sorry, uh, Monkey Boy is asking real quick, why is there no 5G in the US? Um, Honestly, I don't have an answer from Sony. I don't have a way of figuring out exactly why. Um, the best guess that I can probably say may be compatibility and not having to basically trying to conform the device to carriers. So basically making it truly more of an unlocked version of that device. I don't know. I, I don't know realistically. There is no carrier version of this device in the US where we've had devices from Sony in the past that did. Not recent past. I'm talking even way fast in the past. Um, 
but I'm hoping that we'll see what, what they do with the Xperia Pro. If it does truly support 5G on Verizon, how does that work? And how much how much influence does Verizon have into the design of the device? When you pick up an Xperia 1 Mark II, US or European, the device aesthetically looks unique and it is very much a Sony design without any uh, carrier bloatware or anything like that. So you're really getting a pure experience of what Sony wants you to get. The Experian Pro, if it does end up becoming a Verizon one, we are going to obviously see some 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 Verizon uh, flavor flavoring into that device, and that could be good. And you know, depending on your preference. Um, here, how do you find the base quality um, through the phone dynamics? Uh, I'm not through the phone dynamic. I'm not sure what you mean. I'm I'm thinking. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about the speakers uh, on the on the Xperia One Mark II. Uh, please let me know. Uh, the The speakers on them actually are not bad. They're they're not as loud as some of the other devices I've seen. But um, with the fact that we have Dolby, the fact that they're front facing, they seem louder. And from the experience, the way the twenty one by nine aspect ratio, because the device. Um, so the, I think Juan Carlos did that to me last week. He's like, put the device up to you. So look at the way the device is set up. The speakers are ever so nicely positioned to where my ears are, and the device, the display, is pretty much in the in the frame of eyesight that we see on the phone uh, when we're actually using it. So, when you think of that, and you think of the fact that now the Xperia One Mark II has true stereo speakers that are front facing, those are going to be things that you appreciate more when you're listening and enjoying content. So, I'm hoping that's the question you're asking. Uh, please let me know if I totally was off base on that one. Um, uh, Nightshot, loved, loved it. Want to be, <laughs> I always, always want to be friends. I'm friends with every, with all of you, and I appreciate your support here, man. I appreciate it. Um, works with the OnePlus Seven Pro. Oh, sorry, I, I keep wanting to jump into people's conversations. Um, are you? Uh, we'll be able to see more gaming phones in the U.S. I'm actually, I want to see more of these devices being released. Yes, uh, I, I feel like there's a big market of gamers, so. Gaming in the uh, gaming for me for the longest time, and I'm, I'm not saying I mean obviously we've I've used mobile devices to game for quite some time, but until the recent year where we started to see dedicated phones. So obviously you know we started first with the Razer phone, the Razer Phone Two, then we had the ROG, the ROG Phone Two, both of those gaming specific, and those are pretty much mostly what we saw in the U.S. And then last year we started seeing Nubia jumping in, jumping into the game with the Nubia Three, the Red Magic Three there, uh, the Red Magic Three S, and then this year with the Red Magic Five uh, G. Those are gaming phones that are truly, uh, you know, pushing the limit in what we can do with, I would say, almost top-notch hardware uh, with a good price point. Now, the, the the problem with this is, I think, with more people focusing on cameras on devices nowadays, where they really want a camera on the device that to perform. You know, everybody wants a five hundred dollar phone that has the camera of a fifteen hundred dollar phone. I think that's always going to be kind of like the 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 best case scenario. Obviously, the, the that gem that we're able to find. And I feel like gaming phones provide us a great gaming experience, but kind of an okay, somewhat of a, as long as it's in great light, it should do well kind of an experience on a camera. And I think that's maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen a lot of jump into that. Um, also, gaming tends to uh, appeal more to a specifically a very small niche market. Not everybody wants a, you know, um, high refresh rate display on a, uh, you know, on a large battery with the stereo speakers, with the headphones. A lot of people want a smaller form factor. You know, and something like the Xperia One Mark One, or the first Xperia One, uh, you're getting that sleek design, long form factor, easy to hold with one hand, uh, and of course, cinema's wide display, 4K panel, 
all the things that you appreciate on a smartphone, uh, but they want to be able to do that and then still game. So I feel like it's going to be an interesting co compromise to see what they're able to do. Um, I do know that the XP the Red Magic 5G sells on Amazon as well as the ROG Phone 2 and the, uh, R you know, obviously I think the, um, the Razer Phone 2. And those are great gaming devices, each providing you a slightly different experience. ROG Phone 2, still a boss gaming phone, 6,000 milliamp battery, 120 hertz refresh rate, uh, front-facing speakers, great audio, great interfaces, accessories galore. I think, yeah, I, I want to see more. I will never say no. Um, here, so Matt Tyler's question here is, uh, my Galaxy Fold S20 Ultra and Pixel 4a uh, Xperia and OnePlus McLaren, eight, uh, OnePlus, oh, that's right. He has the OnePlus 7T McLaren edition and the 8 Pro all have Android 10.0. Uh, oh, that's right. And then the Nubia Z20 is the only one still stuck on Android 9. Why does Nubia not releasing, uh, why, why, okay, why was it released in August? Um, I think that's partially because of the, I haven't, so I've reached out to just kind of a, a little bit of background information. Matt and I, has been, Matt and I have been talking about uh, trying to find an Android, more of like a GSI based, uh, basically, I would say more of a, a stock version of Android that will run, as, you know, and provide some of the features that you're able to get out of the Nubia Z20. And the Z20 was a unique device, is a unique device that uh, Nubia put out last year. It has two displays. It has a front-facing 1080p panel and it has a 720p panel, slightly smaller on the back. Gave you the ability, uh, smaller resolution. And what you got there essentially is uh, that you're able to use one set of cameras, the primary shooter cameras on the device as the primary cameras for the front-facing camera or the back-facing camera. Um, although they also still included some kind of a, a only 1080p front-facing video for some reason, even though it's the same camera sensor that they used to, to, to be able to record 4K. Uh, those are certain things that they decided to do, but then at some point they stopped supporting the device. Uh, updates for it was also very limited, and I'm not sure what kind of happened. I feel like Nubia is focusing so much on the Red Magic 5G with with the updates because we, in the amount of time that I've had mine, and I think I have maybe a week left with that, um, I've received three updates, almost three to four updates on this device. They're trying to get things updated, changed, and improved on it. So I feel like I'm not sure why the Z20 didn't get the love. There is some development going around with the Z20. There is no official Android 10.0 build. There is uh, more of a stock Android experience that is built in, but unfortunately hasn't been tested enough, and not all the features are working on it. So the, the problem with this is it's not necessarily as open source as you would want them to be. So the kernel source and all of that information hasn't been basically officially made available especially when you're talking about jumping from one version of Android to another. So Android 10 for that is a little bit harder. And I wish there would be more updates, especially to be able to kind of get that running for you. But as soon as I hear anything back, I'll let you know, Matt, and hopefully we'll be able to get things going. Uh, but definitely check the XDA uh, form. There is one thread there. If, you, if you're willing and you're comfortable testing it out, uh, there is one ROM there that is based on Android 10. Uh, un unfortunately, it hasn't been tested with that many people, and I haven't seen many that have be able to be able to, well, I don't know anybody that has had the time to test it. Unfortunately, I can't. I was. I would have loved to be able to help you out with that one. Um, and as far as I remember, Juan Carlos doesn't have his anymore. So uh, I think you're the only one who has it. If you're adventurous and you want to be able to check it out, there's something there to be able to check out. As well as they also have a recovery tool there to be in case there is any problems. Um. Uh. Okay. Um. Okonkwo. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. Um. In what way do you think that the iPhone 11 Pro Max would outdo the Xperia 1? Oh, okay. Um, I think the 
if there's one way I can say that the 11 Pro Max performs well or better is in the way they do their color, um, the color science right now, the way it's done and the ability of jumping between lenses and still getting the same color uh, color science. Basically, the color tuning on the device is done very well. We also have 4K60 on the front-facing camera, which I feel like the, the Xperia 1 Mark II kind of, for the most part, um, is not really focusing on the front-facing camera. They're treating the Xperia 1 Mark II as an SLR, or as a DSLR, as an A7 III, which does not have an included front-facing camera. But since it has one, they gave it some functions. But it, again, I feel like it's not the main system uh, design behind that device, uh, where I feel like the 11 Pro Max outshines it when it comes to video in that sense. Uh, from an automatic mode, snapping pictures, I feel like the 11 Pro you know, offers us a good experience and it's good enough for video for 4K60 on all of their lenses, regardless if it's the wide angle lens, the standard focal length or the front facing lens. So those are things that I feel like if you're on an iPhone or you're using the 11 Pro Max, you feel like those are going to be something that you appreciate. Where we see the Xperia 1 Mark II thrive and basically just blow all some of the other competitions on the market is the fact that the level of control that you do get there it is very much an experience of an slr like i'm using a gh5 for for this video with you guys um, i use basically the a7 III as well those are cameras that you don't expect to basically just turn on and turn on auto mode and things are going to work. You need to focus on the project. You need to focus on how you're composing your subject, how you're composing your shot, uh, the lighting, the uh, aperture, the, the the focus, where all of the stuff that you're doing, those are things that you can control with the Xperia 1 Mark II. The 11 Pro Max doesn't have that. That's And it's not even a focus of, uh, of Apple. So a little bit of a different uh, experience, but depends on what you're looking for. More automatic um, with, you know, good enough uh, quality and obviously 4K60. Uh, or do you want to get 4K60 with that true cinema-wide functionality, working on a project, controlling it, external audio, uh, you know, usage, um, as well as the ability of basically using that all the way from 16 to 200 millimeter focal, you know, a different lens setup with a true setup of what most photographers use when they go out. The, basically the trinity of uh, camera lenses uh, in the most photographers back. So I appreciate that. And I always see that as a very good benefit there. Uh, oh, Neem. Hey, Matt, welcome, man. Welcome. Thank you. Um, we've got the bot in the chat. Oh, Nightbot. Nightbot 2.0. Man, I didn't think we were. I didn't think I was going to be that popular. Let me see. Do we have? Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yes. Uh, well, we don't have that bot anymore. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I've seen. I've seen the comments before. I just I kept scrolling. Uh... Okay, so let me see what we have here. Sorry, trying to go through. Uh, does the here? Does the does it support the twenty one watt fast charging? Yes, it does support uh, the Xperia one too. Does support twenty one uh, watt uh, PD fast charging? Unfortunately, they included only an eighteen one in the box. So I if, I would say if you have a faster PD charger, this is going to be fine. Yeah, you'll you'll see the benefit of that as well. Um, because of five G isn't still a thing here in the state, uh, Miguel. I, I feel like it depends on you know where you're looking. I mean, if you if you look at all of the marketing within the last six months, five six months, at the end of 2019, with uh, T-Mobile's releasing their uh, what's it called the McLaren 7T Pro Edition that I picked up with them, it's picking up. Now, I think almost anything that comes out that, you know, I feel like they want to just throw 5G on everybody. I mean, all of T-Mobile's commercials are 5G, and we're still somewhat in the beginning phase of it. We hear the word, and it, to us, I think as a consumer, we always assume 
well, I need to have 5G on my phone because that's going to future-proof my device and it's going to make it work and it's going to make sure that it works great for me. Uh, and at the end of the day, that could be true. It can actually provide you some future-proofing in the sense of access to certain bands. It doesn't really make the device much more... Um, I would say, you know, valuable. I would say it's more of a functionality of making us feel more comfortable as a future proof. But at the end of the day, 4G LTE, at least within the next three to four years, was, is not going anywhere. We're still going to be able to use it. The speeds on, on 4G LTE could actually top close to 200 megabits down, depending on where you are. Understand that 4G LTE is no longer HSPA+, which is what we used to get, that, you know, three to 12 uh, megabits down. We can get all the way up to 200 on 4G LTE. Uh, I I got that test when I was doing my speed test in uh, in Maui last year during the Qualcomm Summit, and I had some of my friends using 5G and they were getting three, four hundred megabits down. I was getting two hundred on T-Mobile on uh, with 4G LTE, and that is that is pretty fast for us here in the U.S. So to answer Miguel's uh, statement there, I think you're right. We are at the infancy of what the 5G has to offer. It is still changing. It is not 100% done. And my hope is with T-Mobile and Spritz merger, we'll definitely get more better performance. Um, so here, question. So we have TK. What are your thoughts on the Exynos versus Snapdragon saga with the Samsung Galaxy S20? Um, I think... And we've we've talked about this a few times in the past. I think Matt can definitely help me out with that one as well. Um, so I think some of the concepts, some of the concerns that we've seen right now is I think Sony, Sony, Samsung, there's a lot of S's in this conversation. Um, I, I think right now the way things are, the reality is the Snapdragon variant is outperforming the Exynos from just not only benchmarks, but also just day-to-day -day activity. And actual people have tested out both devices and I can see the benefit of, an, of a, the Snapdragon variant. Uh, not sure what the limiting factor is. Uh, it, it is hardware-based. They're both 7 nanometer, but it seems for some reason the Exynos, at least the last couple of generations, haven't been really up the same level, uh, basically up to the same level. I'm not going to say that they're bad. It's just that when you compare SOCs and the way the performance is done, and if you've had the opportunity to use both systems, you'll notice that battery life on the Exynos wasn't as good as the, uh, as the Qualcomm, where, believe it or not, there was a point in time where Exynos used to outperform the Snapdragon variant. So again, hard to explain why testing has shown that there is a performance uh, difference between the two, that the Snapdragon definitely works better. And my thought at the, at the end of the day would be is if you're having problems with, a, with an SOC where it's not providing the same experience, why not just go full bore and then basically focus on and stay with the Qualcomm everywhere? Uh, is it a licensing? Is, a, is it a cost effectiveness? Because at the end of the day, the price point doesn't really change much when it goes from the US to Europe. So um, I'm not sure. I, I, and it's not something that we're able to fix easily uh, software-wise, even if you try to overclock. Uh, at the end of the day, I feel like Exynos is more, uh, well, I would say developer-friendly, easily uh, accessible as far as, you know, being able to unlock devices, trying to start getting development on devices like that right away uh, over what Qualcomm's been doing. So there's a pros and cons to that, uh, to that conversation. But at the end of the day, um, I hope that they're getting, they get a chance to fix that as well. Uh, how's the haptic feedbacks on the Xperia? Oh, absolutely amazing. Um DualShock 4 uh, built in, uh, very, very nice. The vibration motor definitely feels very strong and very capable. Um, overall, for me, I've been enjoying it when I turn on the vibration mode, especially when watching content, let's say games, uh, playing games or even watching movies. So very nice. Uh, it, it has been improved over last year's Xperia 1 for sure. Uh, Aditya had a question. Hey, uh, we've got... Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I... Hey, and we're back in the chat. Yeah, here you are. Sorry. 
and that caused that. So, uh, so Nightbot two, I you're 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 blocked. Sorry, you went from being uh, kind of funny to I don't know what happened, man. Uh, so let's jump back here. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I went ahead and did that. Hopefully, that kind of blocks it in here. I don't know if it's gonna. I, I'm not sure if Streamyard has something to do where it doesn't actually work as well because it, it, they were able to jump back in. Uh, here, so let's jump in work quick here. What's your thought on the Snapdragon? Ah, okay. So the S20 Snapdragon versus the OnePlus Snapdragon, where the S20 Snapdragon outperforms one of the... Okay, so I think we're referring to just the general S20, Samsung S20 line of devices over the OnePlus devices. Um, when we say outperforms, in my testing and using both of these devices, unless you're talking about Snapdragon versus Exynos, OnePlus has outperformed Samsung for me. I feel like the UI on OnePlus is much lighter. And I'm not talking benchmarks only. I mean, we can obviously run a benchmark on any device and get a synthetic benchmark, but true usage of a device on a day in and day out, um, the ability of using QHD with 120 frames per second on the OnePlus 8 Pro or 90 hertz for a refresh rate on the 1080p panel of the OnePlus 8 are always going to be appreciated. And OnePlus runs their entire ecosystem on speed. Um, I feel like the OnePlus performance-wise uh, on a day-to-day -day usage is much faster. Uh, the UI is much lighter, closer to a stock Android experience, and still ha uh, has a lot of customization options, where for some reason, Samsung's UI, not that it's not fast, it's a lot better than what we've seen in the past, but I don't personally feel like it actually outperforms uh, OnePlus at this point. Samsung has done a lot to improve their speed, uh, but I feel like from a, just a pure usage functionality and me actually, uh, and I'm not trying to basically say one over the other because I don't actually use them, uh, but I actually, eh, sorry, let me just kind of point out to what I'm talking about. I use both of these devices, both of our Snapdragon. I can tell you right now, I prefer the S, uh, the 8 Pro over the S20 on the from the sense of usability on the UI. Uh, understanding that both have Snapdragon processors. Uh, also, to keep in mind that whichever version of the S20 that you pick up, the more RAM you get, the better it's going to perform. And OnePlus, out of the box, just throws a bucket load of RAM at you, and, which will help always make the experience run much, much faster. Um, so I've had, okay, I had to gift uh, Apple Watch to my father mainly because of the, oh, the ECG. Yes, so the ECG functionality that's built in. Um, shall I save the money and give him a Series 4 or should I gift the, the Series 5? I think if the function of the ECG is something that you want to keep in mind is important for you, uh, also keep in mind that the Series 5 does have additional improvements over the bigger display, so maybe easier to read for your father. So it depends on, on those little functionalities. I feel like those are things you want to consider with that. Um, I feel like the Series 5 is definitely a, a good enough of an upgrade, uh, more from a Series 3. But if he didn't have a series, uh, another Apple Watch before, I would personally would say with the Series 5, it is much better. Also, keep in mind longevity, update cycles. Those are things that you want to keep in mind with your dad, uh, especially when you want to give a piece of hardware that you don't want to worry too much down the road. Unless, again, there's issues. But again, a newer will always carry you much further. Uh, sorry. Oh, Adrian, uh, sorry I'm late. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, showing some love for uh, myself and uh, and Juan Carlos, some gadget guy. Uh, loved it. Want to be friends? Yes, Matt. Matt Tyler and I are going to be friends. I we're going to have to. Well, we'll set up. We'll <laughs> the ban hammer. Yes. No. Appreciate it. Yeah. No. Um. I. It didn't. It didn't jump at me right away, and I can see now. Yeah. They're they're trying to go back in and try to uh, post more comments in there. Oh man, ROG phone two, Matt DTAS. No, I, I know. 
and Matt, Matt knows that we we don't bring in uh, the ROG Phone Two just for the sake of kicking it. I think it's it's a great phone, man. It's a great device. Um, so uh, battery life on that, uh, I think I answered that earlier, but quick, re re real quick synopsis, uh, about four and a half hours of screen on time. Um, this is with 4K video watching and gaming on it um, with, uh, I think it started at 6 a.m. in the morning, ended about 9.30 to 10 p.m. with 15% uh, left. So not the best, but not the worst. And uh, definitely a lot better than the Xperia 1, which I know I had to charge in the, uh, most like around the 5 or 6 o'clock in the afternoon because it wouldn't last me to the end of the day. So as long as I put it back on the charger and I usually put it on the wireless charger overnight, it's fine. And it, by the morning, it's back to 100%. And it has a nice little feature in there that if you use wireless charging more consistently, uh, that it can actually tell you the target point of when it will reach 100% as it slows down the charging rate later in the evening to save battery. So a lot of nice little tricks there within the Xperia 1 Mark II. Um, Adrian, kind of upset at the uh, at Qualcomm with the price of the 865. So I'm personally going to be rocking the 855 the, for the first time, regardless of speed. I think you're you're making a good decision regardless, actually, regardless of what Qualcomm is charging for the A65. The 855 is a very capable SoC, uh, gives you great uh, speed as far as connectivity, still also gives you the battery performance that you want to be able to get with a basically, a, I would say, base, uh, like still kind of flagship. I mean, it's literally just a year old. It's not an old car. We're not talking like, you know, 20 years ago versus now. You'll you'll be more than happy with it. I think the only limitation that we've seen with the 855 this time is if you're looking to get 5G, the 855 only had a few devices that carried it, namely the OnePlus 7T Pro McLaren Edition US model that carried 5G with with T-Mobile, or you end up basically having to pick up a Samsung Galaxy S10 5G or a Note 10 5G. Those are the only ones that carry that. But you're you're still able to do quite well, and of course you have a lot of options to be able to touch on. Uh, plus the price point, I think, would be much cheaper over time. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, does the motion blur technology on the Xperia One Mark II give the smoothing experience as of 90 hertz or other flagship devices? Um, so Nikhil, I. You have no idea how many times I've had that question, and I appreciate you posting it here in the, in the chat. Um, it's a straight answer. I would say it's an improvement over 60 frames per second. It's not true 90 frames per second. That's the easy way to say it. Day-to-day uh, -day usage, when you consider the fact that you're using a 4K panel, not a, not a, 3, not a 2K, not a 1080, a 4K panel with a better than 60 frames per second experience with no other device on the market in 2020 or even 2019 offering you that experience, that's still a feat to be appreciated. So it's definitely better, but I cannot say that it actually feels the same way as a OnePlus 8 uh, with 90 hertz or a Mi 10 with 90 hertz on it. Those definitely feel stronger and definitely feel like they're 90 hertz. So if you're using them as the benchmark, I think you're definitely going to see the difference, but it's not bad enough to consider the fact that this is a 4K with a better than 60 frames per second refresh rate. So you'll definitely appreciate it. Um, and Oh, <laughs> with that, uh, yeah, thank you very much. Matt Tyler with another super chat. I appreciate you, man. I'm really, really, really happy to see that. And uh, thank you for hanging out and, and helping me with the uh, with the night bot. That was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to be friends. That was a, yeah, I I saw it. I, di I didn't pay attention to it, but I appreciate it. Yeah, then I saw that they, you know, the, the bot was jumping in. Here's another glass for Goku. Um not as much water left, actually. Very little left there. Um, question. So we'll jump over here. 
Yeah, no, it, it depends on again, like I said, the personal perspective. I see, I know a few friends that if they don't get eight, you know, seven to eight hours worth of screen on time, they consider the device not to be well worth it. For me, with the 4K function in there and the gaming and the speakers and the audio and all of that, very, very nice. Um, I have to. I have to basically give Sony kudos for the work they did for audio performance here. The DAC that they have in there are definitely much better than using USB uh, audio over USB-C. The front-facing speakers, the experience, DUI, uh, the gaming uh, functionalities, the HS uh, control, uh, power control is super, super functional for extended gaming sessions where you don't have to worry about plugging in your phone and still you're able to plug in your phone and listen to, head, uh, to music wired at the same time. It's genius. I know. Why? I mean, why would why didn't they think of this back in 2019 or 20, 2018? I don't know. But yeah, hopefully that answers it. Um, so I've had the so here, sorry, um, uh, Mortino's uh, work quick is uh, so I've had the Xperia one for a year now. It's a great phone, and uh, I am totally with you on that part. I still have that one. Uh, it's a great phone, uh, but there's still some hiccups. Every time you start recording a video for the first one to two seconds of the video, uh, nine, nine out of 10 times, it freezes. Mark II, no freezing. So to answer that second part, it does not. Um, I'm wondering if you're recording video on higher higher resolutions, or are you recording 4K content, or are you recording 1080? Uh, I haven't seen that much of an issue, but I also have to say that I haven't been testing video on the Mark One since uh, I actually picked it up closer to when I got the Mark II, and I've been focusing mostly on it. Uh, I would probably say also is did you upgrade to Android 10, or are you still using Android 9? Because I, I you know depending on when you got yours, uh, you probably got it with Android 9 out of the box, but uh, hopefully you did receive that for of course. Um, I'm not sure. I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I would probably say if your unit is still uh, demonstrating that concern, test it out with uh, open camera. Do me a favor, test it out. Try open camera and see if you have the same issues. That could also fix your problem. So hopefully that gets it there. Um, so here, Radu is asking, how would you compare the OnePlus 8 Pro to the Xperia 1 Mark II since both are built for speed? They're built for speed, yes. Are they built the same way? Very different. Um, if we have to consider the fact that both of these devices are off, are focusing on slightly different things, they're both considering on speed in the performance side. They're both fast and fluid. I feel like the OnePlus 8 Pro feels much faster in the way the system is done. The 120 frames per second refresh rate on the device with QHD is honestly second to none. Uh, obviously, with the exception of the, uh, I think I would say the Find X2 Pro, uh, because that device obviously and the OnePlus 8 Pro share a lot of things in, in common. So keep that in mind. I would say if I had to compare it to two, if you're looking for great content consumption, watching videos a lot for at 4K resolution with great audio, front-facing audio, I feel like the OnePlus, uh, the sorry, the Sony Xperia One Mark II does that a little bit better because of the higher resolution uh, display and as well as the ability of using the, uh, the uh, basically uh, the custom white balancing, custom display configuration, HS power control for gaming, a lot of things done there that are done right. Where the OnePlus 8 Pro does things so much better, it's the ability of supporting 90 frames per second gameplay in Fortnite. That's something that we can't even say the that you know even sony can do that yet um it's also the ability of supporting high refresh rate gaming on other games that are going beyond you know 60 frames to 90 to 120 those are things that we can appreciate and i think those are things that are done right so from a sense of speed i feel like one plus eight pro feels faster in the hand but from the sense of media consumption it depends on what you're looking for both are great devices though i, I definitely appreciate having that type of technology uh it's like 75.1 hertz screen. <laughs> yeah, 
not 60, not 90. It's in the between. You know, just just enough to get you to what you need. Uh, I, I think that works much better, definitely. And then, uh, oh, so um, so here, TK, what do you think about buying the Realme X2 Pro after a year of launch? Would it be a good buy when it comes with a long-term, after long-term use? Or what other phones, uh, given the same spec and the price point? So it, it really depends on the, uh, I think it depends on the price point realistically. So purchasing a device that's about a year old is never going to be a situation where you're going to be like, well, this is just not going to run anything on, that I want to play. At the end of the day, when you look at it, a year old is literally just a year old. That's because of a generational difference. The improvements that we generally see between one version to the next version of the SoC are generally minimal. So true performance difference from what you're looking at right now, when you say a year old device like an S10 even, or even with the X2 Pro, you're not going to really lose much. On the day-to-day -day activity, if it's a brand new device and just fresh out of the box, I feel like the UI experience is going to definitely be really nice and really functional. Where you will lack a little bit, and that's sadly mostly because of just the way OEMs upgrade their devices, is the features. It's the new features that you're able to see with you know the 2020 version of the device. So those are the things that you want to keep in mind. Generally, they don't bring all of those features backwards, so they don't get all of them there. So if you're looking for anything specific in the 2020 market, I would say no, that's not something you want to look into. But I'd say is definitely worth the buy, save some money. And you should be able to basically extend the, uh, the usage of this if all of the features in it, even though it's running you know, uh, the last generation of the SoC, that's going to be still good for you. So I, I definitely, I, I'm always a proponent of doing buying devices that are like a flagship from a year old and using it in, in, in this year to save some money and of course appreciate the value that you get from there um thank you thank you uh apijan uh gosh hopefully thank you very much for the super chat love i appreciate it. tk forever always thank you very much um Another question here. So, uh, TK, how is the quality of the high resolution audio on the Xperia One Mark II? Thank you. So, um, so there's two ways to to express the answer to that. How's the audio quality on? There's the headphone jack, and then obviously there is the speakers. Um, when we talk about the headphone jack, by comparing it to most of the devices that I've used within the last year that are generally USB C audio, meaning they're using uh, a dongle. Um, something to the effect of this. So iPhones are using the standard lightning adapter and of course, USB-C connector for all Android devices. Uh, I feel like by comparison to those, with the exception of the LG V60 or the LG V50, those are gonna have to stay on the side. Uh, I think it does a great job. I think it's a great device. It does a great audio experience. And overall, uh, what you're looking for there is a dedicated amp built into a headphone jack that is obviously brought back onto a device. And you're definitely not gonna be disappointed there. Uh, it's not as good as the V60. I feel like the V60 right now in 2020 is the king when it comes to audio from a headphone jack. And I think some of my some of the other guys here as well can definitely jump in and, and chime in on that on that thought. And Juan Carlos would definitely back me up on that one. Um, so from this audio experience, it's better than the rest. Not as good as the V60, but it's still really good. I'm hoping that answers the question. And the front-facing stereo speakers on this, I feel like are a better representation even than most other devices that carry speakers that are front-facing because they say they're front-facing. And what I mean by this is, um, and I keep pulling the wrong device. I think it's because I took my phone out of the case. Uh, but an example would be here. So here's, this is the Mi 10. Mi 10 has stereo speakers, but the Mi 10 is not using the front-facing earpiece or the bottom, uh, bottom side facing they're using secondary speakers on the side here and on the side there to give a stereo. The stereo sound that I'm listening to the phone when I'm listening to it is going to the right and the left. So audio performance on it 
is always better when the speakers are facing you kind of like how we see it with the rg phone too so very good uh, and definitely pleasing you will not be disappointed with that as well um <laughs> and of course okay so hey uh, brandon miniman is in the chat welcome uh good morning well actually good afternoon it's three o'clock um would you buy the xperia one mark two twelve hundred dollars well my pre-order says it all yes i would pay 1200 bucks for that phone uh it is it is it has been one of the hardest phones i've ever had the the uh the i i had a very hard time putting it back in the box and sending it to sony it's one of those devices i really wanted to spend more time with it uh, i've enjoyed gaming watching content uh listening to music just everything that i've been doing with it uh has been enjoyable it's worth the 1200 as long as again and i think i feel like it's always about appreciating what sony's bringing to the table as long as you feel that what they're offering is a benefit to you then it's worth it if you do want to be able to compose your, your picture and take your time to be able to set up your your shot from video to audio uh, using external audio sources um, I think the, the the one thing that I, I think I posted over on Instagram on Twitter, I hooked up an external monitor to my to my Xperia One Mark II with an external audio. So I hooked up external audio via three and a half millimeter headphone jack. Used the USB C with an HDMI adapter to a 4K monitor, external monitor, to be able to see what I'm doing, and it became a mobile rig. Very few devices can actually do that. I mean, it, there's a lot of things going on with it, and I feel like from a production standpoint from a creative standpoint it, this is going to be a very much a gem if you're looking at it and trying to compare it to the way let's say a oneplus used or even a let's say an iphone is used i feel like at the end of the day those are more maybe general consumer usage and i feel like they they offer great cameras and great experiences overall i think the oneplus 8 pro is a beast when it comes to a device much faster ui much faster interface but again do you appreciate a 4k display uh, an actual headphone jack with the dac uh, wireless charging, uh, battery control that give you ability of managing the battery health on your device. A lot of things that you know you only get when Sony. So I feel like it's worth it. I'm hoping at some point that we'll be able to basically maybe see some promotions that maybe will help people and appreciate it more. But we can also always think about the Xperia 5 coming in later this year that will bring in a lot of these features down to a more affordable price point and slightly smaller form factor. So hopefully, uh, I'm hoping that kind of answered the question there, Brandon. Um, let me those oh wow we got a slew of questions sorry yes yes aditya says hey brandon how you doing um your thoughts about the p40 pro and comparison to the pixel uh the camera oh so the pixel camera um i think it depends on what you're looking for from the sense of uh, performance i think for me i would go with either for some reason i feel like the way huawei has been doing the, their camera uh, science when it comes to the p40 is as good as i've seen it on the pixel and i would have no problem taking either one of those devices to, and i know that my photos are going to come out absolutely the best uh, video wise i feel like the p40 pro will definitely shoot a little bit more on that because a not just the zoom functionality but just the overall we have a wide angle lens uh, of basically night mode that's supported in the wide angle lens as well as the more versatility in the camera department so um if we just compare photos i feel like it's a toss-up but when it comes to video i feel like the p40 pro would definitely be the winner there uh, especially with the p40 pro plus from what i hear is uh it actually has true 10x zoom so that's actually way more than what we get with the pixel 4 at this point um question so here in the uk coming on uh locked on next week stays yes i appreciate that thank you very much uh nubia red magic 5g is uh, absolutely man absolutely the best gaming phone to date i feel like it's a great device to be able to 
look at all those things. And and speaking of that, I do actually want to do real quick for you guys. I want to show you guys some of those, and it'll there'll be more of a dedicated video posted for you guys very soon. So Nubia was nice enough to send me all of the accessories that they had for the Red Magic 5G. So here's the Red Magic 5G. So we have the cameras, obviously everything here. This is the case. It is not just a standard case that you use with the phone. This is a case that you want to use with the controller. So this comes as a bundle. So you'll be able to use both of these, and you can actually slide it in. So let's go ahead and put it in here. Of course, now that I'm doing it on camera, it's not going to slide. Here we are. So fits right very, very nicely. So go ahead. We'll lock the device. And you put it in. And here. So when you turn on the actual UI, so jumping into the actual system, you push the button to turn it on. And I'll go ahead and turn off the fan. And here, you can actually see the controller. You can see the battery level on it, control, set up everything in there. You can see the different buttons, what you're pushing. And of course, the different triggers that you have, top and bottom. And so total, you have two top buttons, two bottom buttons on and off. You have an initiation button for pairing, directional pad, and configuration here. And the beautiful thing about it is you go in there. So let's say, where is my PUBG game? Here it is. So we'll jump into PUBG. And it actually has a preset that I'm able to configure for it directly within the game. So I'll push the button here. And you'll notice right there, I have it set up right now. And it remembers my configuration. I'm able to move, set up the different shots, top and bottom, focus. And once I'm done, just close it, and the game will be ready for us to play. Very nice and very, very easy to set up. Let's go ahead and go home real quick. Uh, the next couple of things that they, they also did include for me here in the, to check out is their dock. So this is a dedicated dock that gives us access to the uh, few additional features, a USB-C connector for power, a full-size Ethernet port, as well as a secondary 3.5mm headphone jack for better gaming configuration. So if you remember, the Red Magic 5G has those pins. You basically just align. There's a little bit of a, a not click here. You can kind of feel it. And here we are. And you snap it up at the top and basically becomes one part of the phone. Uh, again, the three and a half millimeter headphone jack is not blocked, but you now have it in the back so from better cable management if you want to be able to hook up speakers or so on. And of course, full size RG, uh, Ethernet port. And at the end of the day, unlock the device, turn on your gaming mode, set it down. And last but not least, you're still able to use the controller here. And, and this is something that you can basically appreciate having access to. So controller gaming, and you don't even have to just use this. If you get the dock, I'd recommend you using, let's say, uh, more of a regular controller. And of course, all of that function works really, really nicely. Last thing I want to talk to you guys about real quick before we jump away from it is in the box, they did not include the fast 55-watt charger, and now they're selling it as a separate additional accessory. Uh, this not only works with the Red Magic 5G, but it also works with other devices. For me, honestly, I've been charging my uh, S20 Ultra with it, and it charges very, very fast. So 55-watt charger, the external dock, the gaming pad, as well as the case, all of these really cool features that you're able to obviously use with the Red Magic 5G, and definitely really, really nice. So I appreciate it, Afnan, uh, for... Uh, for the nice little segue that we got there. Um, question here is, hashtag, hashtag some, uh, some LG chill guy. Yes, that's, that's. I think that's Juan Carlos, right? Uh, if I, I may end up getting, I mean, maybe getting that name at some point, but I feel like that'll always be uh, Juan Carlos's, uh, yeah, hashtag some LG chill guy. <laughs> is it true, uh, the start of the Xperia, uh, Xperia Mark II cell starts from the 18th of June. Uh, no. Uh, well, I take that back. Actual sales in Europe, I've seen some websites. I think was it Clove um, um, sells it and saying that it's available in the middle of June. Uh, but as far as pre-orders, from what I understand, in the US, it's available at the later part of July. Uh, and also depends on the market. So 
there is a very small possibility that the devices that are being sold are UK specific only, meaning UK market may receive these devices a little bit early. I don't know if they're truly, my understanding from Sony is that the release date is in July. That's what I heard. Why does it say, or some sites are saying that they're available in the middle of June? I don't know. I, I don't know. And I can try to reach out to Sony, but again, I have access to US Sony PR, so they're not going to be able to talk too much about uh, European Sony. So if you know any other uh, creator, uh, social media creator that is using the Sony Xperia 1 Mark II in Europe, I would definitely reach out and see what they have uh, or what they know of as far as in their markets. Uh, question here. So is the wind filter for cinema pro app only for uh for general videos also it's available in both actually so if you're using the camera application you have the wind filter on it, you can definitely see the benefit both in the standard camera application or um, in the uh, default one so that you can turn it on and turn it off no problem um, and yes so something so would it be something that you can definitely see or you can appreciate it in twitter um I, i'm assuming you're talking about using the twitter app to post a quick video or you're actually posting a video to twitter that you took from the standard camera app i think the last part is more accurate than the i would say the twitter app mostly because of the software i don't think it's optimized i tried using it with uh, instagram and it didn't seem like it was working so my assumption would be is that twitter would be in that same boat um, Adrian's talking about um, the V60 is a boss when it comes to audio. I wish more reviewers would give LG uh, their long overdue props. Uh, just my opinion. I, I, I'm with you, Adrian. I, I think it's a definite thing that a lot of people are missing out on. Uh, but it's something that we've always known about LG. LG does great when it comes to hardware. And I think LG's um, approach in 2020, I think, is a little bit different than what we've seen with uh, with previous generations, where um, if we notice that the V60 is only coming to the US and it's only coming right now is a locked model, which means uh, we're going to have limited, well, limited capabilities of people being able to pick up these devices and use them with other carriers. Uh, but yes, no, hardware when it comes to uh, their cameras, the front-facing 4K, um, and, and it actually shows when you're trying to use the V60 with other like social media applications, you can see how much clearer the images are. Uh, and of course, the, the the dedicated quad back that we have in there is literally second to none. It is the standard. I feel like it's the gold standard of audio performance. And um, I'm loving the fact that we have a bigger battery. Uh, we don't have a higher, ref a higher refresh rate or higher resolution display. But again, it's to complement what we can get with the dual display case that you're able to pick up. Some carriers are actually including that as the package. So you really have to appreciate what they've done. And I see that they're they're basically doubling down on the dual display. And I'm happy with that as well. I do want them to basically carry that for more devices as well. So uh, I will always be uh, basically a, uh, I'm not going to say it, hashtag some LG chill guy. I'm going to be basically obviously talking about what's the benefit here and what people can appreciate when they talk about LG. And LG is basically bringing it with a really good conversation, really good piece of hardware to talk about. And uh, we'll always put it out. Like I said, even though I, I love the Xperia 1 Mark II, I, I always will talk about that device as if it's a, a device that I really want to be able to get back now. Um, I have to appreciate what the V60 has to offer and what it's what it's doing. It's definitely a boss. Audio on it, very, very nice. And of course, the control options that you have within the camera app are literally very much pro-level pro level experience there. Definitely there. Um, uh, so, so double check here. Is it, yes, I think that was the question we were talking about here. Uh, we talked about that one as well. Yes, sorry. I'm kind of jumping through and I'm like going back. So Matt Tyler, um, the RG Phone 2 has the best front-facing speaker I've heard in a long time. Each speaker has its own amp. Really looking forward to the RG Phone 3. 
you and I both, I, I think I honestly cannot wait to see what, what Asus has to do when it comes to the ROG phone. And I hope it obviously is that they'll continue this since we don't have an, uh, you know, the, I think was it the Razer phone three never made it. So we always want to be able to see more. And yes, it absolutely sounds great that one of the reasons why I use it today as my main gaming device, um, it's a device that I felt like, um, I, it was one of the better purchases that I've done. And I'm actually currently thinking about picking up that dual display case or the, the second display case that they sell for it, that essentially is the same panel, just tool forms of it to be able to do more of a Game Boy style experience. Uh, but Matt is always obviously a very big uh, advocate for ROG and uh, we always like to tease him. But at the end of the day, it is a very, very good solid device. Uh, yeah, <laughs> DT, I know, I know, I know. Um, I've I've seen the name a few times here and there. Assalamu alaikum, Muhammad. Ahlan, ahlan, habibna. Muhammad is in the house as well. Um, yes, yes, no, definitely. Nubia Red Magic Five D is the IQ three Five G. Which one would be best for? Honestly, the Red Magic Five G, hands down. One forty four hertz on a gaming device for stereo speakers, uh, fast charging with five G as support out of the box. I think it's, it's there's no question, and there's different models of it. You can actually even get to the level where it's basically that nice little reddish color one, so you can definitely get a lot more benefits out of it. I, I think that's if you're considering the two, I would go Red Magic five G. Aditya Neil, where? Um, let me. Well, okay, I'm not sure if that. Oh, added. Yeah, sorry, Matt's actually talking to Aditya. Uh, let me double check here. Uh, freestyle rap battles are, are in the th third Saturday of the month. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, maybe we could do that. We'll uh, we'll have everybody submit a little bit of a freestyle rap, and we'll feature each video, and we'll see which one is actually uh, that will sound the best for uh, for everybody else here. Um, last here uh, in a school that's just for <laughs> at least yes, definitely. Uh, previous Sony Xperia phones, uh, so this is Nikhil. Previous Sony Xperia phones have had a problem with camera app. It, uh, if it was used ex uh, extensively and it's used to shut down the camera app by giving warning camera heated, does the Xperia 1 Mark II face the same? So um, it's funny that you mention it because it's something that Juan Carlos and I had a conversation about very recently about it. Uh, it doesn't disable the camera. It's different. It, they did something different this time. What they did in this experience here is that they disabled certain functions within the camera. So what I mean by that essentially is if you're trying to use a, uh, trying to shoot 4K, it won't work. The standard 1080p uh, video will still work. So certain things get disabled till the temperature is lowered. So that's something still, I would feel like this is something that we've seen with Sony, even with their cameras. I mean, for the longest time, I think the RX7 line had a problem with not being able to record for too long, like over 10 minutes with a 4K, because the temperature gets too high. Uh, and it's something that Sony still to this day deals with. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see Sony devices having uh, more controls over temperature as well as also more controls for higher, for better battery life. So it's things to keep in mind like that that offer us the best experience that you can expect from Sony. So always appreciate it. And I feel like it's something that we have to kind of keep in mind. Um, they worry about it. They know about it. And I hope we get to the day where we no longer have to see it. It's better on the Xperia 1 Mark II, but not exactly as good um, as other devices where you generally don't have that problem. It's still there. And sadly, it is. But at, the, at, the, at least we can say that we don't at, you know, lose the full functionality of the device. Any info on the Mate 40 Pro? Um, honestly, right now, the only things that I've heard um, on this is... 
Uh, it's going to have a lot of heritage coming in from the P40 Pro Plus. So there'll be the, my understanding is that we're going to see probably the, the three different tiers, the standard uh, Mate 40, Mate 40 Pro, Mate 40 Pro Plus. So there, I think Huawei is shifting in that, in that aspect of moving over. And of course, uh, the newer SOC, the new Kirin chipset. And then last but not least, obviously the design. And my hope is that they learn their, their lesson that they're going to try to be more aesthetically form factoring, giving us a little bit of the curvature, but not too much to where it drops. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, we'll have to see. I haven't heard much other than, you know, than that specifically. They're going to learn a lot more from the cameras that we see on the P40. Although I've heard that both ways where the telescopic camera could come or it could end up basically being what they had last year with the P30, the Mate 30. Sorry, there's too many P's and 30s and letters going on. Uh, but uh, hopefully if I find some more, I'll, I'll make sure to post that over on Twitter for you guys. Uh, Sophia's the first queen... Um, okay. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know what to answer. Um, um, so kind of quick answer. I'm was born in Lebanon, born and raised in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, and I've been here in the U S for way too long that I'd like to say, let's just say this. I've, I've spent more time here than I've spent back in Lebanon, but, um, I speak Arabic, French, and English uh, fluently. And then, um, little bit of German, Spanish, and um, very, very little uh, other languages, like a few bits and pieces from other things. But yes, that's probably the best way to say it. Lebanese. Um, if a lot of people don't pick up on it, but if they do, they they always like, oh yeah, that, that kind of sounds like it. Um, I'm not here during... Okay, so LGH is... Um, is basically, I'm not here always uh, during the live chat, but it seems like you're responding on questions regarding the IQ. Uh, do you, uh, okay, do you keep track of those Indian brands as well? Or do you think the BBK uh, will bring IQ into the West? So I trend, believe it or not, when I start looking at, looking at a lot of my analytics on the channel, I realize that I have actually quite a bit of following in the Indian market. So that's one of the reasons why I try to keep track on both um, devices, not just necessarily main brand devices, but also other devices that are coming into the Indian market. So the example would be I don't have access to it right away, uh, but the Reno 3 Pro, that's an India-specific market that came in with the uh, you know, ColorOS 7.0. So those are things that I generally jump into. Um, do I think they're ready? The IQs can actually come out in the same branding outside from India over to the West. At this point, I find it a little bit hard for it to make it mostly because of the saturation level that we have. I think Xiaomi is doing, a, they're trying the best to be able to jump into that market. Um, we're noticing Nubia is trying to jump in, but those are obviously Nubia's out there, but Xiaomi's specifically trying to do it. Uh, but very few other ma manufacturers are coming over. So Oppo has been focusing heavily on, on that market. So Indian market is very big for Oppo, for Xiaomi, for OnePlus. Uh, and those are the ones that we generally get. But the third smaller brand ones, so I follow C40 Tech. Um, I also follow, follow Rev Atlas. Those are two of my big guys that I follow. I've worked with Rev Atlas before. If you guys don't know, some deep there. So, and of course, uh, C40 Tech. So those are generally my main sources of devices. And I try to see how much demand there is there. And if there is enough, I try to import. That's the best way for me to cover it. But I appreciate you throwing in there and thank you for making it into the live chat. Um, so yes, so I, find, I appreciate you asking for the giveaway. Um, I And I did a giveaway a few weeks ago that is actually is on the way over to, and the winner was Lani. Um, I, I'm finding a little bit, 
I would love to be able to do more giveaways on a channel as much as possible. The biggest issue that we have, and here's where the issue comes in, becomes a very big problem uh, on, on certain uh, creators. It's the logistics and the shipping process to send devices across borders outside of the US or even to Europe is logistically very complicated with very little control as to making sure a person is able to get it. Um, the example I would say, uh, just kind of throwing out numbers, to send a device from my, from me to somebody in India, not to say that you're from there, but just kind of an example, from here to the to to either China or India, will co sometimes cost me almost fifty to sixty percent of the device price to send. So. Understanding the fact that a giveaway is great to be able to build a channel base uh, and help people. I feel like device giveaways are very hard. And also, India has a rule where I can't even ship a used device. If, it's, if it looks like it's been used, the phone cannot be shipped to India. So there's even that big of a, a hurdle that we can't even cross once we get to certain things. And then the factor is of the current situation that's going on, complicating things, it makes it a lot harder. And I think if, if I do end up going to doing more giveaways in the future, I think it'll be more in the form of gift cards. And it, those are easier for me to basically be able to just to email to somebody. So hopefully be able to do more of those. Uh, but as far as devices, uh, keep in mind, most of the devices I get on the channel are not mine to keep. Uh, full uh, example, the Xperia 1 Mark II is the device I had to ship back on Tuesday or on Monday. This device, the Red Magic 5D, I've had some time with it, but uh, Nubia wants it back. I get to ship that back next week as well. So all along, at the end of the day, uh, very few devices I actually get are devices that I'm able to give away as they are loaners to me. So I'm hoping that answers it. And again, I'm not trying to say I don't like doing them. It's just, it's very hard on my end um, because I want to make sure to fulfill a promise if I make it. And if I'm not able to, it's very hard. And it just makes makes both of us not feel very good about it. That's the end of the way I'm going to say it. Um, Lloyd's asking, TK, is uh, the Xperia 1 Mark II firmware pre-sale firmware? Uh, from what I understand from Sony right now is there is going to be an update coming out before the final release. And there is going to be some optimizations on the firmware to improve performance. But the performance that we get right now should be performance so should be basically final uh retail performance so the the two the the fixing that is coming in with the update is not going to be fixing the overall horsepower of the device but more tuning some functionalities on the camera and to start with we're already in a much better point than most other devices so i feel like what you're able to see right now from them is definitely going to be representative of retail so that should be the best way to look at it so this one's from lloyd as well so um, quick, oh, Gary, ask, uh, at Matt Tyler, what about, <laughs> yeah, so, the, <laughs> so yeah, uh, Gary, Gary, Gary is throwing in uh, a little bit of a jab, not, not at Matt or even at Sam, but Matt and Sam, if speaking of which, please, if you haven't had a chance to check it out tomorrow, hopefully, uh, Matt, let me know if it's going to change, but it, um, so actually here it is. So, <laughs> Not, as opposed to me trying to explain the whole thing, let me just put in Matt's words. So <laughs> Sam sh Sam sent out the GA8X uh, over two months ago to Matt. Now, Sam is on the East Coast or closer to the East Coast of the US. Matt is in the UK. So you would imagine a shipping process or somebody sending a package from there to, you know, from the, from the US to, to the UK would not take more than a week. But not only have they seen the device, not only make it to the UK, back from the UK to the West Coast of the US, so closer to me, and then back going somewhere. And I have no idea where it is now. Uh, and then later, 
oh, wow, there was a $200 custom charge too. Okay, so I haven't heard about that development. But that, yeah, that story literally has been going on for a while. And it's by far, I feel like an epic story that you could just write a book about the, the journey of the G8X across countries and what it had to go just to go from Sam to Matt. Uh, is is just like you don't want to you don't want to be in that position. That's one of one of the things that I always deal with whenever I have to say I want to ship something. So sending things anywhere outside of the U.S. is a very much a very hard thing. So I think gift cards would absolutely fix ninety percent of it because a you get to do what you want with it. B I get to share something with you and I don't have to worry about basically you know worrying about mail delay and it's much more instantaneous. I feel like the the speed of the performance will always be better. Um, Vikash is back with another question. Is the iPhone 8 enough to give uh, to my dad? He does not use his phone. Or sorry, sorry, he does not use the phone as we do. Uh, he just has normal usage. Uh, honestly, so I love the iPhone 8 question. Mostly because it actually is the same size as this guy. So this is the iPhone SE 2020. Um, so I, I would say as long as the form factor is not too small, so as long as your dad's able to read on the smaller form, the, the display on the iPhone 8, I feel like it's a great choice. Honestly, uh, from the sense of what you're getting there, it's a reasonable device. It should still be receiving the updates from uh, from Apple as far as the uh, latest version of iOS. And I feel like from a day-to-day -day activity, the camera should be good enough, front-facing and back-facing, and they should be able to do a great job for him. So yeah. No, I, I think there's no question there. Um, and like I said, my only thing I would say when you said your dad, I don't know how old he is, is as long as he's comfortable, able to read on a device like this. It's just a smaller form factor if that would be my thing. Uh, if you're able to maybe get him the 8 Plus, that also would be helpful. That's, as that one, I think, was a 5.5-inch display and a much bigger and much better. I mean, bigger chin and forehead, but easier to hold and bigger battery as well. So hopefully that helps you uh, as well. Uh, so Bob TK, um, would you wait for the Note 20 or upgrade uh, or upgrade to the Note 10? Um, if you're referring to just the standard model, so you're not talking about the one with the uh, uh, you know obviously the the expandable storage. I personally would say right now there is so keep in mind there is a Note 10 5G, and then obviously the Note 20 will have 5G built into it. Um, I think I would I would probably say that the Note 10 is a good buy. Save some money and go with the Note 10 with the 855. If you're able to pick up the Note 10 5G, it'll should be still cheaper. Um, I don't think realistically. Oh, so and then the other thing is, I don't know if they're going to bring uh, expand. Sorry about that. I don't know if they're going to be bringing in the expandable storage to the standard model of the Note 20 the way they did it last year with the Note 10 Plus. So that could also be a factor of. I don't think the cameras are going to be that much better realistically. Uh, if they end up going with the uh, with the 108 megapixel camera, I personally would say that the uh, the S20 Plus is a much better setup uh, overall for camera configuration than the Note uh, the S20 Ultra, mostly because of that the 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 focus issue that we're still having with the Note, the S20 Ultra. I can't tell you how many times whenever I try to take a picture and I'm trying to focus on my son and it's just jumping between him and the background, him and the background. It's just I would always appreciate something that's more consistent. And I think the Note 10 cameras are very nice. So I hope that answers it. But again, at the end of the day, it's also going to be how much the sticker price shock is going to be when the Note 20 comes out, right? Uh, if every year is an indicator, it, they go up and up and up. So I'm hoping they're affordable and then the Note 10 or the Note 20 would be in a reasonable price point as well. Uh Yes, sorry about the capital. Yes, no, exactly. It, it it's a hard story to play, uh, to to story to go with. 
Um, so uh, I put in a request. So here there was a question. Here, TK, would you please review the mate, uh, the mate, uh, the mate XS? Um, as far as foldable masterpiece so i had a chance last year to play with the mate x not the xs the x version of it which for the most part is the same mechanism and i also did play a little bit with it again at ces um i think the mate x offers us the better foldable solution from from the usability standpoint not from a durability standpoint and what i mean by this is it actually have has a bigger display on the outside and when you open it up it makes a bigger display um, the cameras on it are very capable. Obviously, we're getting Huawei technology, very nice. Um, I did put in a request with Huawei for this. I don't know if they're going to be providing it to anybody in the US. I've seen a few of my buddies in Europe as well as the Middle East that have had some time to play with it. Uh, but I have to say, I, I, I will see what, what Huawei is offering. I'm hoping they do. If they do, you know it will be on the channel, always, uh, both English and in Arabic. So always make sure to cover both of those. Um, Pre-order the Sony. Hey, uh, Garish, uh, same here. Uh, excited, uh, like a tight waiting for Christmas. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's always like Christmas. So that's the one thing. Um, and the, and for me, it's my wallet is, is hurting a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm in the process, obviously, as you say, I'm waiting for the Xperia 1 Mark II. At the same time, Samsung put out that the G7 and the G9 started to come out. Now, I don't know what happened with the whole Amazon thing. They kind of had the listings and they kind of took it away. But yeah, no, uh, July seems to be, uh, the, when they say Christmas in July, it definitely is going to be Christmas in July this year. Uh, so for both Sony as well as Sony, uh, Samsung devices, if you're looking for the their new G9 series, and congrats, man. Um, I'm pretty sure you, if you're ordering it in the US, you got the same colors I did at the black one. We don't have any other options. I am really hoping that before release, they, they bring in at least the purple one. I want to see the purple one. I want the purple one. It's available in Japan. I know that much. Um, uh, Anath, uh, is there any features called visual card on on OnePlus devices, which basically uh, categorizes the messages in message in the default messaging app? Is it available on the OnePlus? Is it available on any OnePlus five, but not on OnePlus? I'm not sure. I've never used the visual card feature, and I don't. I wasn't sure that what it is exactly. I'm, if somebody has used it in in the chat, I mean, I have my OnePlus eight. Pro uh, here. Let me see. Do we have? I don't have that feature in here. It's not present in the. So I'm looking at the default camera, uh, the default messaging app right here, and it does not actually. It's not a feature that's listed in here. Maybe you can leave me a comment um, or try to reach out to me and over on Twitter, and we can talk a little bit more about that. Sorry, I don't have that one in there, and I haven't heard of it actually. Uh, no age limit to get excited, mate. Yeah, no, absolutely. This, this is, it's, it's like always. You got to enjoy it. Okay, so Matt, Matt's leaving. I want to say thank you very much. And I actually, oh wow, two. Okay, so TK, hashtag TKRB. Thank you very much, and um, look forward to checking out to see who you guys are going to be talking to tomorrow. Um, we are actually. I didn't realize it. Wow, two hours and twenty minutes almost. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Um, let's see. Let's keep going. See if there's any other questions that I missed. What is the best wired headphones? Um, so there's there's a different school of thought as far as when it comes to wired. If you're talking about just general wired headphones, meaning just you want to hook it up to your smartphone that supports a connection, obviously a three, have three and a half millimeter headphone jack or an adapter. Um, I think anything from uh, like a pair of Bang & Olufsen or even AKG headphones should be okay um, wired wise. Uh, you can also go some, uh, I think the best ones that I've seen that are 
quite inexpensive are the wire the uh, oneplus bullets wired those standard bullets uh usb-c uh, connectors now those will work with any device even if they do include a three and a half millimeter headphone jack and for the quality and the price point that are about 20 bucks they're great the microphone on them is actually really good so if you're looking for a good bang for the buck i feel like those are going to be great wired wise that are just regular three and a half millimeter headphone jack connector you're going to need to make sure a that they're android specific that they're not ios in general uh the way the connectors are set up won't work the same way on both android and ios so i feel like uh usbc would be a little bit better you'll you're not going to have any problems with the latency the audio performance should be still pretty good uh, but if you're also thinking about getting like higher impedance headphones, you're you need to also consider what device you're using it with. So it ends really it ends up being what you're using them for and where what you're using them with that dictates. But you can start as twenty dollars as I mentioned with the USB-C bullet uh, connectors, or you can go to basically uh, like you know nice expensive pair of um, high impedance headphones like these that you can listen to with the V60. It depends on what you're using, but. Uh, I would definitely look at the reviews. And uh, actually, speaking of which, um, El Jefe Reviews was in the chat not that long ago. Check him out. He does a great work with uh, reviewing headphones as well. So goodbye to, uh, to Matt. Thank you, uh, Gary, saying bye. Uh, are the Sony XBA2... Oh, um, CJ... Okay, okay. I think he's talking to CJ on that one. According to you, what will be the next breakthrough in mobile technology? Uh, uh, you know, when it comes down to actually te pushing tech or pushing technology on, on smartphones right now, we need to start figuring out how to make the device do more for us than just be a, uh, a basically a, a rectangular a glowing rectangle. I think that's probably why the the actual uh, uh, subreddit that not that I'd like to mention it, but if you haven't haven't had a chance to check it out, make sure to check out the subreddit glowing rectangles. Uh, Juan Carlos and actually a good part of the team members that are here are always uh, you know a part of it. Um, I think it's it's going to be in the uh, in the overall usability functionality. I think we need to get better at AI functions, and that's going to be more on the software side. Display technology, I think 4K, you know, 120 hertz refresh rate on a 4K would maybe be a good technology push. But it's, it seems to be more incremental, and we haven't really seen a lot. Foldables are definitely a future, but we also, again, are still in that experimental feature. So I feel like if we had a kind of picket direction, I would say foldable technology, the ability of making a small display be bigger is always going to be appreciated because you're able to basically switch between the two. So that's that's more of the functionality on the display, but getting higher refresh rate on those devices and, of course, durability. So that, I think that's going to be the next wave of uh, improvements. Better foldables, more durable foldables, and of course, the ability of getting higher refresh rate and higher res resolution on those as well. Um, okay, but with that, I think we're probably getting close to kind of almost at the end. Do you also, uh, I think that kind of answers the, the question that we were talking about before. More than likely, that's going to be the, the route that I'll be going to if we do giveaways on the channel. It won't be, and it'll be more gift card specifics to stores. So it won't be physical uh, money. It would be more gift cards. So yeah, definitely something like that. Um, I appreciate that. Thank you, man. And then can you suggest any website in Europe from where I can buy a refurbished or save money for on iPhones? That's, that's a great question. I'm going to actually throw that over to Aditya. I, I'm not big on the European market. I know in the US, Swappa is one of the best ones. I normally would have said eBay, but I've had so many bad experiences with eBay on buying and selling phones because 
that's just the way I spin on my end. But Aditya, if you have, if you know of any other sites in there uh, in Europe that are known for good prices for you know selling and used refurbished iPhones and so on, please, if you don't mind, dropping that in the in the comments as well. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, sorry, jumping over. Should other brands follow Apple's iPhone SE formula? Like, wouldn't mind the Nexus Five or the Snapdragon Eight Sixty Five in twenty twenty. Um, I think it's a it would be a good option for people to reuse their standard design. The one thing you want to keep in mind is that where Apple designed and manufactured their own devices, even down to the to the seven or the six uh, the six um, uh, on the iPhone seven or seven uh, or iPhone eight, you have to also appreciate the fact that they made the hardware. Where the Nexus five or Google never made any of their devices, and those molds and those uh, those devices, you know, from a manufacturing standpoint, it doesn't exist anymore. But the idea of it actually feels like something that we would definitely appreciate: a smaller form factor device with a more uh, stronger internals, and of course, the processing that we get from Google as a device. I think what Google has proven to us over time, or time and time again, is that they are able to do so much in software that they can actually overcompensate for the downside or the issues that we can get from hardware. Perfect example is the Pixel 3a and the 3a XL. Uh, Both of these devices are running mid-range chipset, but their performance as far as image quality is close or really good that you would have basically just like, wow, I can't believe a $400 phone can do that. So where the formula Apple is very in a very unique position to be able to do since they have control over every single piece of that little, uh, that lego or not lego that that puzzle that makes the picture of the iphone um other manufacturers unfortunately don't and uh google doesn't for sure because a they don't make their devices b um their devices are made in factories with other companies that make other devices so down the road it's hard for them to resurrect the design like that without having to recreate it that's what i mean i'm not saying resurrecting it i'm saying recreating the wheel to be able to give you that same experience oh wow um (laughs) Thank you very much for joining. It, it is. I, I'm realizing I'm kind of I'm pushing it. it is, we are actually at, at the at the mark where we kind of kind of need to also kind of hit that sweet spot there. Um, so I'm going to start real quick. Just do a quick stand. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Here. Um, Yeah, so it depends on the. I would just do a search and see what's available, and then I, I honestly I would maybe throw that back and see if we can get some people to comment on it as well. Uh, okay, so Nikhil, uh, Nikhil um, I, I'm probably, uh, the actual comparison between it and other flagships, it's going to take me some time. And it's mostly because I didn't have enough time to do the comparisons that I needed to do. Uh, I had the device literally for a short amount of time before I got the email from Sony asking me for it back. And I had to prioritize the Either do I do a full or all around comparison to the the actual device, be able to put my thoughts on everything about this uh, about the Xperia, or focus purely only on the cameras. I am going to talk to the cameras. I'm going to cover the cameras specifically on how they perform and what they are able to provide us. And I can tell you that with the experience of me using them for the two, for the almost two weeks time that I had the, the device, they're absolutely second to none when it comes to the back sensors. Uh, are they? In the experience of an auto mode or what you're looking for, is it, it going to be basically an easy point and shoot kind of an experience? Um, nine times out of 10 with the camera pro and auto mode, yes, I think you're going to get a good experience. The front-facing camera needs a lot of work. It's not as good. 
Um, and 4K60 is only very available in the Cinema Pro. So there are certain pieces to that puzzle that need to be discussed, and I will make sure to cover that within the next week or so. But as far as straight head-to-head comparison, unfortunately, not till I'm able to get a device again, and I'm waiting for my pre-order as everybody else is. Hopefully, that gets you the answer there. Um, yeah, actually, and with that, I'm actually starting to get com- uh, notifications from my other boss. So um, let me double check here. Oh, Ireland. Hey, man. Nice. I actually have a few buddies up there as well. Uh, last but not least, Gary. Oh, got them all in Amazon Prime Day. <laughs> They're sweet. Those are actually, that's actually the HD 590Cs. That's not bad. Not bad. Not a pair, not a bad pair at all. Any ideas if the Gcam mod has been uh, prepared for the Xperia 1 Mark II? Um, no, non-functioning exact yet because of the the configuration, and but it's also because of the availability. Uh, no developer received these devices uh, in the sense of the way where Sony's sending them out. All the hardware that's been sent out right now are pre-production pieces of hardware. So I would say the closer we get to pro- final production and people starting to be able to receive their devices, I think we'll start being able to see a, G- a Gcam mod out of them. No questions asked at all there. So. With that being said, um, I do want to say thank you very much. I did not realize we got to the two hours and 25 minute mark. Um, thank you very much for everybody, obviously, for hanging out with me. I realize it's quite late later in the evening um, in, the U- in the UK, in India, of course, other places in the world. Um, and it is like roughly 1 p.m. my time as well here in the U.S. So with that being said, thank you very much. And I want to say, please be safe. Please um, connect. Talk to your friends. Connect with, with other people. Be um, open to conversations with everybody around you and with everything that you are, uh, that you value. And of course, love one another the way you want to be loved. So treat uh, treat others the way you want others to treat you or, or to basically provide you that level of treatment. And as, as we are always going to be, um, that'll be the best way for us to connect. And that's one of the reasons why the community that we have here and the community that Juan Carlos has around him as well is very strong, is that we're open, we're able to discuss things and we can talk iPhone, we can talk um uh, Android, we can talk laptops, we can talk cameras, uh, headphones, USB-C microphones. Uh, and again, it's it's a tech community that just thrives on talking to each other and listening to each other. So with that being said, I want to say sabaho. I realize it's late in the evening for everybody there. And I want to say thank you very much for everybody in the chat. Um, and of course, I don't want to forget, thank you very much, uh, Gary, for the super sticker. I've always appreciated, sir, very much for joining us. So to Gary, to Aditya, to Sam, um, to Matt, to El Jefe, um, to everybody that's in the chat, every, if I didn't get a chance to mention your name as well, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your Saturday, um, be it Saturday or even what it sounds like in some situations, Sunday morning. Uh, and we'll be back with you guys uh, more, you know, next week and more have more conversations regarding tech. Um, I am starting to pick up more uh, more live streams over on Amazon. I'm going to be a little bit more in, uh, informative there as Amazon's starting to push more support back into that ecosystem. So you'll see more and more. And I did do a video there when I think Aditya and Matt kind of joined me as well. But with that being said, be safe, be nice. Um, thank you very much for checking out the live stream here with us Saturday morning with tech. I will be back with you next week on Saturday as usual. And I have a feeling, uh, hopefully uh, Juan Carlos will be able to join me as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about what's going on in tech for next week. I'll see you guys then. Thank you very much. And uh, always appreciate how many people were able to join me on the chat. Thank you very much.